Hello, hello. This is your host, Denrock, Borderlands, Borderlands podcast, Enlightenment from the Fringe. Uh, special episode tonight. We got two guests with us, two of the Denning boys. Uh, so we got a threesome going. Probably not the threesome that anyone ever imagined, uh, but we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, but first, I want to say uh, this episode is brought to you by the Borderlands family of businesses the borderlands family of businesses uh includes the borderlands brewing collaborative uh we just brew good beer we have won uh medals at local uh brewing competitions we strive to make good beer uh through innovative recipes uh in our garage locally um we make good stuff the second borderlands company is the borderlands woodworks and we have we are starting out by making small trinkets you might say uh cutting boards coasters pizza peels floating shelves whatever uh we're looking to expand into making furniture and much larger projects but the borderlands woodworks uh is here to fulfill the needs of the community as far as woodworking projects built from the ground up. The next Borderlands uh, company, this is a brand new one, who's literally just getting off the ground, is the Borderlands Hydro Growing Cooperative. We're growing crops in the basement and hydroponics. We're going to grow crops all year long. Uh we're going to eat them at home ourselves just to try them. We're looking at lettuces, tomatoes, spinach, celery, radishes, all this good stuff that we can grow all year long, clean without the soil contaminants, without all the, the mites and the bugs and all that shit that bothers, uh, without the deer that eat this stuff outside. Um, we're experimenting to bring a product out there from our basement, grown in water, not in soil, free of pesticides, free of any pests. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, to quote one of our recent presidents. Uh, but anyways, this episode is brought to you by the Borderlands family of businesses. So welcome to the Borderlands Podcast. Nice, man. I like to hear this uh, thing about your new Hydra growing cooperative. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dave, real quick question. Real quick question. Yes. Uh, I understand that you're growing them in your basement. It's away from the deer. Yeah. How does Don do keeping field mice out of the basement? Uh, Hey, oh, so that's a good question. I mean, uh, it, no, so, like, I don't want to be an ass, but I mean, it, it could happen, especially in the wintertime. You don't know about this. Um, so, uh, neither of you. So, uh, to the listening audience, I've got Joe and Sam. 
I didn't announce them in the intro. Uh, but neither of you know about this. We have uh, one of our feral outdoor cats living in our basement right now. Okay, okay. We can't fucking get rid of him. <laughs> well, I he, mean, if it's feral, no. it's probably a good job keeping the mouse No, no, out. no, no. He, he ran in there one day. When I went out to work, I opened the garage door to go out and get in my truck. And this cat ran in there. Uh, and we can't get him to leave. So he's feral. You can't go and pick him up. Like he'll, he'll scratch the shit out of you or bite you. Right. Uh, you can't coerce him to get out of there. Um, or at least I haven't been able to. So, uh, me and, uh, the wife, we've decided to put food out and we've put, a litter box down there and he's living in the basement. So do you really um, want him out of the basement? Cause I've got something here at this house that will mm, get him out of that basement. No, I don't want him to become a house cat. I really don't. He lives right there. No, I'm talking out of that basement. How obedient is your dog? Cause uh, probably any animal that goes in my basement is going to get lost in a maze of, Boxes. shit well, boxes I mean, he, and crates he's really and he's really christmas obedient. decorations and july 4th decorations and he's really obedient, everything yeah. i mean if you want him to get the cat out of there i'm just going to let him <laughs> well, loose man <laughs> he may not get the cat out of there he may eat the freaking cat well, no, so, it, yeah. but anyway so to go back to your original question yes um there is some pest control down there, there right, uh right. this dude's gonna get rid of the mice and stuff uh and we shouldn't have any insects where i'm just about to put lettuces in this thing i'm dead what serious. about sprouts what kind of sprouts just uh brussels sprouts oh brussels sprouts. so brussels sprouts so like baby cabbages yeah um so here's the bottom line it, w- using hydroponics you can grow any plant that you would normally grow in soil right yeah it, it applies to everything because uh the, the replacement for soil is a, a, a water solution that's filled with the nutrients and electrolytes and everything that, that any plant would need to grow. Um, now, to grow Brussels sprouts, for example, Brussels sprouts, the the, the, the plant or the root or stem, I guess, technically grows vertical. Right. Several, several feet. And you just pluck these sprouts off of it. Um, you can do that with hydroponics, but you need, like, the same support structure that you might have out yeah, in the right. garden. Uh, so it would be it, it would be a little more difficult than like tomatoes. It, it would be things. well, it'd be tough to do in the basement, right? Yeah, yeah. I think to do this stuff indoors, like so. Obviously, I think from based on what I've read, everyone starts with lettuces and spinaches, right? Well, and that's and why I wasn't cabbages. sure about sprouts. Well, you so told me that you were going to possibly grow mushrooms. Oh, so well, mushrooms is different. That's not hydroponic. Oh, okay, mushroom is <laughs> yeah. I do want to grow mushrooms. And so here's the thing. Whenever I bring up that I'm doing hydroponic growing or I'm growing mushrooms, automatically every motherfucker's brain goes to, oh, so you're growing pot? Uh, well, yeah. Well, oh, wouldn't they? It's oh, so you're, so you're going to grow uh, psychedelic mushrooms? Well, the answer is no. I can't grow pot because if someone found out about that. You'd be um, done. I would be done. I'd have a medical license revoked. I would never be able to work again. Uh, and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I could grow enough pot to sustain myself. So, so, I mean, so the answer is no, I'm not growing pot. 
I'm growing vegetables to feed my family. And, and this is an experiment. I think, I think this is going to work and I think I'm going to have an overabundance of vegetables. I think it's going to turn out awesome for you that really I do. can maybe give to my family, maybe sell to people. I don't know. And when I, the, I, I kind of stumbled upon this mushroom growth thing. Um, so I, you heard the little bit about the, the borderlands woodworks, the borderlands woodworks has generated a crap load of wood shavings. I can only and imagine. I started to research like, what in the hell can I do with the wood shavings? Like so far I've just been dumping them over the hillside for compost, but I don't think they're great compost. I, you know what I mean? I, I they're, they're just a different composition from grass clippings or, or leaves or yeah, I mean, you know, they, vegetables. They'll do fine, but so, it's going to take a lot longer than the. the so I looked up like, what do you, what can you do with hardwood shavings? And literally the first thing that came up on Google was grow mushrooms in it. I like and it. so, so I started to research that, uh, you can't just grow mushrooms on the, um, the wood shavings. You have to have, you have to inoculate some substance and start to grow the, the proto mushrooms or whatever. Like I, I'm, I'm getting all the, I'm not on the internet now. I'm getting all the terminology screwed up, but you have to start the mushrooms on something else. Well, guess what? The mushrooms will start on, uh, grains like rye, yeah. barley, wheat, oats, Stuff and you guess already what? Have. Guess what? I've got sacks of yeah, in my basement from the beer oh, brewing. Yeah. yeah. So like, I could take you know scoops and scoops of these grains, uh, inoculate them with these liquid mushroom cultures that I have, get those to start, and then you just dump that all on uh, these wood shavings, and it should le- it should yield mushrooms. I think and, that's and great. And what I'm what I'm starting with, what I have purchased is um, uh, the, the, all the oyster varieties. There's like the king oyster, the white oyster, the blue oyster, like the blue oyster call. Um, I think there's a like a hairy oyster or something like that. I got like five or six varieties of oyster mushrooms, all of them edible. And they're all supposed to thrive on hardwood shavings. So uh, I just, when I, when I researched this, what to do with my hardwood shavings, grow mushrooms on them was the number one answer dude <laughs> so, I, I think that's awesome yeah. i really do and uh and i think i can do that in my basement because the mushrooms grow in the dark they grow where it's cool yeah it's gonna be fine it'll be good good very yeah. nice well uh, i'll let you uh, i'll let you get back to the uh, subject at hand uh for, well i don't even know what the subject at hand is i don't well, think we've said, heard you, a, a single uh i don't we haven't heard a single sound from Brother Sam. Well, I've been listening to you guys talk about this, and I was going to try to figure out a way to segue it into what you were <laughs> want to talk about, but I'm not the, you know, this is your podcast, but you had, you had said you wanted to talk about, um, this is kind of the one-year anniversary-ish of the introduction of COVID. In, yes, in so we are uh, slightly beyond the one-year anniversary of COVID in the United States. Yeah. Can I start this out, interestingly? Because you may. I have some things I, I specifically recall about this time. Um, everyone in the U.S. knew about the virus um, in China at the time, but it really wasn't in 
the U.S. to the point where we were really worried about it. It was not on the radar for our day-to-day lives. Would you guys agree with that? It still, yeah. even, it still even took about a month. Yeah, or but month I, I recall, um, because I had I had a tenant that you guys have met named uh, Nick. You know, Nick, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. That yeah. was from Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And he returned... He was at, he went home for Christmas and he returned and he kept talking about it and how, you know, he was fine, but they didn't even have tests and stuff for it at the time. And I recall that they had shut, basically shut China down and they weren't making any iPhones. You remember that news? Yeah, I I did. So I remember specifically going in and in in February, uh, selling my truck and telling, uh, you know, one of the, beat one of the owners of the place that uh, I was selling it to, man, if I had the money, this was in February, I would short the stock market. And he goes, you're, you're crazy. China can just fluff it up. I said, I think this is a serious thing. Like, I think that everything's going to crash. Production is stopping in China. And, you know, there's been a couple, at that time we'd known of a couple cases like in Washington state. Mm-hmm. Man, it wasn't a month later, like mid March. just Yeah. Boom. Six, six weeks later. Well, five weeks. Later, it was like right. I predicted it, and I think I, I saw it too. And my wife, who's Chinese, she was getting information from her mom. You know, here we are, just running around, living life as usual. And over there, you know, her parents are not able to even leave their apartment. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and they like didn't didn't you tell us that like the Chinese government was delivering groceries to everybody over there for a while? Yeah, like they or, or, or something. I mean, it's, it's essentially DoorDash, but it was the government making sure that yeah, everybody you would got what call they her parents who were in a region that didn't even, or at least they were reporting they didn't even have any cases. But you know, they were confined to their apartment, and they live in like these big sky rises, like you see on TV. And um, they had to call a number, and that would get delivered, and a doorbell would ring. They were they and only they were allowed to leave their thing and go to the common area and get it. And each person in the whole building, that was how they got it. And the government was delivering it to them, basically troops. And they were like that for months. Prior to us. Prior, Prior to, us. to all like of that our was going on. Measures. That was going on before uh What's what's it like over there now? I mean, it, it, does does your wife have a... I mean, has, uh, it, has things calmed down over there? Are they getting back on like a lockdown with the new strand? Like, they're kind of... They seem to be freed up a little bit, but they're, they're terrified. Like they... Her parents are scared to death to really get out and do anything because, you know, they've that supposedly they got over twenty million cases all of a sudden, and okay, I've kind of joked saying, you know, that's as many of, as we've gotten in the U.S. So it makes me believe they've been lying all along, like they just up and suddenly had twenty million. But um, they're worried, right, about getting it, and of course, her parents are older, but their you know their measures have been, but. You know, we've been a year from that point, and I just had a, a, an interesting story to tell from my perspective at the beginning. Yeah, well, let's hear it. Because that's the point of this is how has COVID affected us over well, yeah. the past one year? Well, I was just going to say it went from I kind of s- saw that it was more than it was, um, and then it ended up coming over here. I never really wanted to say I thought it was more, because even you and I, David, have had conversations at the beginning of, I don't think it's that bad. Oh, it's bad, you know. Yeah. But I knew that economically speaking, it was going to be horrible. Well, that's, um, that's one yeah. of the things that, like, I talked about with uh, one of our other brothers is, like, yeah, I knew it was bad overseas in other places, 
but wait until it gets over here with with like our medicine, our doctors, you know, see see how bad it is. And it 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 pretty much crippled us. I mean, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. yeah. So well, I hate to interrupt you, Joe, but I, so and I've, I I address this in another podcast is um when all this stuff hit us in March of 2020, uh, the, 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 thinking at that time was what, that we were not prepared as far as, uh, equipment. Yeah. Okay. At that time we weren't talking about personnel or, uh, physical hospital beds or anything. We were just talking about equipment. It was, yeah, there was, well, there was going to be a shortage of ventilators. That's all we ever heard about. Right. Uh, there was going to be a shortage of personal protective equipment, uh, and that is in the form of masks, face shields, respirators, gowns, gloves. Um, and I think, you know, it, at least at my, the, the facilities that I worked at, yes, there were uh, very tangible shortages of equipment. You know, and I, I think I cited this in a previous podcast. There yeah. were, we had a daily report of like how many days or how many weeks of equipment we had left. Right. Cause I, it, I remember you talked about like you had to use the exact same mask or whatever. Yeah, oh, the, for, well, for like a so, day. So the, there was. You would change them going in and out of rooms. Exactly. So there was that asinine concept that we were going to reuse certain protective gear. Whereas previous to COVID-19, that was unheard of. It, 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 every piece of protective equipment was one use and throwaway. Correct. But the concept then became, hey, we're going to reuse certain pieces of uh, protective gear just because it's not replaceable at the moment. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I want to make clear. that the first, The first wave of this COVID stuff in the United States, the first fear, I think, was because there was a, a projected lack of equipment. That's what I want to get across. Now, if you fast forward to, um, you know, maybe uh, July or August of this year. After like when, the first major holiday. I want, yeah. You had, when, you when things in there, but, when things began to spike again, was that like it literally, it was right after Memorial day and 4th of July. Yeah. So, things began to spike again. People are getting sick again. The concern shifted away from equipment because so the equipment caught up, you know, uh, more people started producing this stuff. I mean, you know, Donald Trump would have said uh, that there was wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful, amazing production. Huge. Of uh, ventilators. You know, he would credit the automakers. Um, and they did crank out ventilators. And, uh, but in addition to that, you know, we, we procured, I don't know from where, but we got masks, we got gloves, we got protective gowns, we got face shields, all the stuff, all the equipment, uh, shortcomings that we had before were, were filled in. We, there was adequate equipment, but the concern for the second surge was personnel and physical hospital rooms. Okay. And this is what is very hard to articulate to people. So in the way of personnel, uh, you had two problems. Either either the personnel was actually sick with COVID 
or they had been exposed to COVID and the policies in place required them to stay home from work, you know, to isolate themselves. So uh, both of those situations clearly led to a shortage of warm bodies to take care of people. And secondly, uh, well, and so that compounded the fact that we were admitting more COVID patients to the hospital, right? So more COVID patients were getting admission uh, admitted and there were less personnel to take care of. Them. Yes. Well, in, in, yeah. So we didn't, so at that point we didn't have a shortage of ventilators. We didn't have a shortage of protective stuff is you literally couldn't take care of these people well, in or back, non COVID people. In fact, the point. personnel, hey, it, it's, it's slightly funny that, uh, you know, it, it, at work, they kept on saying, hey, you know, the, the CDC and the Cabo Huntington Health Department say this. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you've come in contact, you have to quarantine. And then like 24 hours later, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. The, no. the CDC says... There's a different set of rules. Yeah, now wait for, a minute. You can go ahead. Responders. You can go ahead and come back to work. Well, it, it, <laughs> that's, that's what it was. They said there there, there like, was whoa. a different there was a different set of rules for yeah. first responders, and and I I get it. However, like legit and luckily, we never had the problem. But like one guy gets it on a shift, mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. the whole shift can get it mm-hmm. or be exposed to yeah. that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, well, they would be exposed and be potentially mandated to. Yes. Self-quarantine, yes. in air quotes. Well, and, and, and the way that they originally set up, because uh, you and I talked about it, I think on your second podcast, is originally, if I went out of town to a quote-unquote COVID hotspot, I would have to quarantine for two weeks, depending upon what the administration and the health yeah. department said. And then they quickly realized, hey, like what? Joe Denning's shift, they all share the same days off. Mm. On their mm-hmm. four-day weekend, what's to keep them from going down to Gatlinburg, which is six hours away, <laughs> and is a hot spot, right. and then the entire shift would have to take two weeks off, even though mm-hmm. potentially none of the So they, they're like, okay, yeah. here's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 it's, and I totally understand why, but there's, there's a, a, different, a different set of rules for first responders. So well, the they, rules change... All the flipping time, and, and they do, but also I, I understand with with the more research and everything, they, 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 it needs to be a fluid situation. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I think what we've learned, and I I think I'm interrupting you, Sam. Sam's hardly contributed anything yet, but uh, he's he's being what I want to say is about my contribution. What I want to say is the the situation with COVID must be fluid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is what, like, I, I don't, this is what I don't get about COVID right now is that we're, you know, businesses are still closed or, or at least restricted in how much business they can do. And we're looking at doing a second or a third even bailout of said businesses. And we're trying to keep people from uh, losing their jobs. And we're trying to keep people from businesses closing. And the, and the federal government, their solution to this is just giving them, giving people money. How'd that work out? Sam? And well, but <laughs> I would just say, send people back to work. 
Send people back to work. I think that's the easiest solution. It is. It send people um, back to work and, and follow follow the... Um, I don't want to... Fucking say, follow the guidelines I, I like uh, even, Jim Justice I don't said, even right? want to say it's, it's <laughs> guidelines. You follow the recommendations of the yeah. CDC. Well, you know, if you... If you um, let people live, but put them back to work. So we're mm-hmm. making things, mm-hmm. we're producing things, we're making yeah. money One to of the spend. senator that I heard just read a quip from today said, I think it was Mitt Romney. You know, he's opposed to this next, the amount of this next introduction, you know, Biden's uh, introduced stimulus thing. And he goes, we don't have a money problem. We have a virus problem when you know a visit yeah we need to get the economy going again exactly you know what i mean so it's more like get people vaccinated is more important than giving people fourteen hundred dollars yeah. which i would agree with that statement i, I would too it, the, 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 but the problem in lies sam is i mean it's a two-fold problem is a we don't want to just freely give money to people when they can go out and work mm-hmm. but also, it's it's hard to get these vaccines to people right now, just mm-hmm. because they can't roll them off the shelves or off the conveyor belt quick enough to put them in arms. Yeah, yeah. and I well, and I think I think it's there's it's, you know it's a terrible situation the whole thing all all the way around. But I was going to say like if you compare, and I think this is the point of this whole thing, and I've been thinking about it while you guys have been talking, but if you compare how we were all living our lives this month last year compared to how we're all living our lives. Oh my gosh. It was a free for all. Well, this time last year we could, and I'm just going to throw some things out there and we can feed on them or whatever, but you know, we were able to all go eat out at places. Didn't think a thing. of Yeah. Oh, you can eat buffet. So I'm glad that you redirected this because I was just about to say, I don't want to do the politics of this shit, but no. So, um, this time last year, uh, the future was bright. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. So we, we had just had Christmas with our father where he kind of announced that we were all the, you know, the whole family, the whole extended family was going to go on this oh, dude, Disney so cruise. Oh, excited for it. So excited Oh, my for God. It. And all of us were looking forward to that. I'm still even, excited for it this summer. Even me with uh, the almost newborn twins, you know, we're thinking like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so awesome. Their first time at the beach, their first time on a cruise, we can get away from all this bullshit, you know, at, and I'm not saying bull, COVID bullshit. We can just get away from the bullshit of the world. Yeah. Get away from everything. You're um, on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had also planned um, a trip to... Uh, to Anna Maria Island, mm-hmm. to Dad's property down there. You know, I, I'd I'd purchased the airline tickets. Everything was perfect. Um, you know, the girls. Uh, when I booked this, the girls were small enough; they were going to be lap infants. Yeah, fly so for I didn't free, need, so, yeah, so I didn't have to have a ticket for them. They they were going to check for free their uh, stroller and uh, their uh, uh, car seats and all that. Uh, and then this COVID came up, and so our cruise got canceled. Uh, I, my, you know, my trip to Florida didn't necessarily get canceled, but I decided to cancel it on my own. And I think wisely enough, because I don't. I think after that, 
after that point, they weren't even allowing people to fly. Yeah, well, and, and that early on too. I I think that was really smart that early on. Yeah, well, I think I, I think we're supposed to go down in March or you April. were because it, it was yeah. you were supposed to go down during I think Cabell County spring break. Right. Um, yeah. So if we t- like I, like we said, if we look at this time last year, the future. Yeah, the, right. Um, COVID oh was my not, gosh! But, people like yeah. like we started this whole conversation about COVID was a problem in China. Yeah, this time last well, remember, year, COVID was a problem over in China. I remember our lives first, were not uh, remotely affected at yeah. all. The first weekend in February, twenty twenty, all the residents were up at Dad's house. We were having a chili cook off and watching oh, yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I mean, they, it's not going to happen like that this year. Well, you know, you think of. How much things have changed because of the, the the events with COVID over the last year? You know, uh, the way people get their groceries is uh, mostly. You know, a lot of people still do buy them traditionally, but that's. I think really, it was kind of going that way to begin. Yeah, with, it, it was. No, you're absolutely right, and I brought that up too in some of did. my things. But like, it's taken a bigger leap now. Um, the whole thing with PPE. And yeah. our our depend our dependence on foreign countries for things that really are in the interest of the na- of national the national interest to mm-hmm. not be getting supplied from foreign governments, whether they're our friends or not. I mean, it's uh, you know PPE is one of those things, yeah. Um, and all the drugs that are involved, you know, that was a that was a wake up call to the whole country. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, well, I need so I'm going to stop you there for a second, um, and I'm going to digress. Only because I had to talk about this the other day with a patient. Um, I, and I can't remember how it came up, but the discussion was about shortages of drugs, shortages of injectable drugs in the operating room. And I had to admit to this patient that, uh, yes, we have a shortage of local anesthetics. So if I want to do a nerve block with you, uh, I may or may not be able to use the drug that I want to use. I mean, there's a local anesthetic available, but it might not be the best one. And then when we go to put you to sleep, um, I may or may not be able to use the drug that I want to. Uh, there's going to be drugs to put you to sleep, but it may not be the. But one it that may I not be use. the one that it, that yeah, is the like, top uh, choice. Here, breathe this ether in. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. You know, when it comes to uh, antibiotics, we may not be able to give you the absolute best antibiotic for your specific germ because it's unavailable. And we can give you an alternative. And, you know, this patient was aghast. And I said, well, of course, I'm aghast too. I mean, who thought that in the 21st century that we would ever be short of any kind of injectable medicine or, or any kind of pill for that matter. Uh, but the fact is that most, if not all of this stuff comes from overseas, most, if not all of this stuff comes from a third world country. And you have to imagine like, regardless of COVID, like, so COVID made it bad, really bad. It made it obvious. But even before COVID, uh, some of these, places um due to conflict or you know economic strife or whatever they they couldn't procure uh precursor drugs Mm -hmm. or they couldn't um obtain you know the 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 
the sterile equipment needed to make these things. And like, we should have realized this years ago that there, there was a supply chain interrupt with a lot of pharmaceuticals in the United States because they're outsourced to third world countries. Yeah. And I would ask like, well, I think everyone knows the answer to this question, but the question is why the fuck can't we make all this stuff in the U S yeah. And like you said, we don't answer really want to talk about expensive. that stuff. It is but. just one way or the other is too expensive. But so anyway, to, to how, how this past year has, has changed us or affected yeah. us. I, uh, and not that I never, uh, respected them, but I have a whole complete and total newfound respect for teachers. I thought you were going to say firefighters. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. That is good. Teachers. Like Joe's like, I still don't respect that. No, listen, listen. They, during my time at work, I have been uh, picking firefighters' brains in the city of Huntington. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm ready for that lateral transfer. As long as I can be the fire truck driver. Hang on. Keep talking. I'm going to grab a white claw. I'm a, yeah, I'm I think there's one Jeez. left in there for you. All right. I'll take it away. But as long, uh, as long as I can be the fire truck driver, David, that is the job in the city of Huntington, at least. Because if it, from 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 all of my research that I found, if you're the driver of the first truck on scene, all you're responsible for is running the pump on that truck to make sure they get water in the fire. Huh. So you don't have to go in the fire and risk your life. You jackass, you just said you were getting a white claw, not one of my eggs bars. Well, I wanted to rip on Sam because uh, I saw this meme, and I'm going to open this and have a bite of this bar. It's, they're actually, they are actually delicious. But I saw this meme uh, when it comes to white claws. I saw this meme the other day. It said, God did not invent alcohol for you fucks to drink white claw. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so, so, but on, honestly, like it, me trying, and and one of the largest problems is is a a I was I was plenty 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 smart, if you will. But I a I just didn't give a rat's ass when I was in school. But b both of my kids are in separate grades, and like trying to help a kindergartner with kindergarten stuff is pretty easy. Trying to remember multiplication and division with Jackson. <laughs> I mean, I could do it on a calculator, but I mean, holy shit, they didn't let him use a calculator. Joe, you can't admit that on a podcast. <laughs> oh, but I can. I David's can. gonna have to scrub that. No, no, I, I am, I am a certified window licker. Okay, let me just put that out. For there. real, you can't do like the multiplication table, like twelve up to twelve times twelve. I can just. Do that. <laughs> Just, just not as quickly as my kid needed me to. Okay, oh, okay. He, he busted me out when I was helping with the spelling words too, because I was like, "How do you spell it?" And as as he was spelling it, I was making sure he spelled it right. And he's like, "Dad, did you have to look at the paper for that?" And I said, no. "Probably." When I, and I said, "No, you jackass! I was looking at the next word." And maybe just maybe I'll eat all yeah, of this. Eat, eat all of that, man. This is pretty delicious. 
pretty delicious. Mm, sorry about all this noise. This is it's amazing how Atkins I feel like I can hardly bar. hear myself, but I can hear the rustling of that paper. Yeah. Like, you uh, can hear that candy bar. It's like it's so crisp. You can hear David eating. <laughs> I can hear you getting fatter. <laughs> but no, and the other the other problem was Dave is it's not necessarily that I can't do this stuff because clearly I can. It's just. It's a lot easier when I'm able to use the tools that I, I have been able to use since the fifth grade. Yeah, right. So, but hold what on, Joe's telling time, us is time he, he's relearned his multiplication tables because no, of COVID. No, I have told you that I'm because a certified window licker. <laughs> I've told you I'm a certified window licker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, so it, I, I'm just I found a newfound respect for teachers, but also working because my problem was is i was on midnight shift i would help the boys on monday and tuesday when i didn't have to work then wednesday night midnight shift i would go back to work and i would get like four hours sleep thursday morning and then i'd wake up and start helping my kids again and it was just it was hard and then i have to deal with jagoffs like you (laughs) you do so it's made you understand the position they're in because well, you were and, having to well, do a and, lot of it and, too. And I, I understood—I always understood the position they were in, but it makes me appreciate them more. Because <clears throat> so you took a different angle than, with that than I thought you were going to say. And I, I didn't like, the like way being, I didn't like being a teacher. Is what I was saying. Yeah, no, I get Especially, it. Especially, yeah. I didn't like being a teacher to Joe Denning oh. Jr. Um, and Joe Denning Jr. Jr. Because when your kids are a smart-ass to you, the way you're a smart-ass to them, it never works out well for anybody. Oh, no. I think every parent would agree with that, that they would rather not be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that 100% equates to uh, any newfound respect for teachers. I don't know. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I agree with you. I would rather not be a teacher to my kids. Um even though I probably could be, um, yeah. I don't know. So, I you mean, wait speaking till you, of that, you wait till you need a calculator for your uh, multiplication tables. Well, no, speaking of that, so I've got older. I have an older kid. Like I, I mean, Tucker's going to go to college next year. <laughs> Tucker's an athlete, sir. And no, Tucker's going to get into this shit. Like maybe calculus and whatever. And he may ask me about calculus. Like, do you, do I remember that? Well, he hell better, no, I don't. He better not ask me about calculus. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he, he is a student athlete now. Is he going to get paid to play? Yes. Well, no, you, you know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? Do they well, have like big donors? Yeah. Like they're, I think um, the answer is yes. Making dude. their car payments. It, that, that's what I'm saying. No. Like, is, is, no, the, is not the Bobcat Foundation going to buy him a Maserati? <laughs> not that kind of payment. Oh, um, okay. Okay. But, anyways, uh, you, <laughs> you never know. Ben Denning may buy him one. I do need to um, bring up this. Tucker, Tucker texted me this the other uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, he came out with a new video on his YouTube channel. I watched it. I need to take a look at that thing. With, with him uh, describing the uh, the pea shooter or whatever it was mm-hmm. called. Now, I think that he sent me that link because I think he recorded all of his gameplay with a device that I bought him for Christmas. 
And it shows me that he's in this freaking game and kicking people's ass. Which is awesome. Like, no, the, the, the what he recorded was this game that he's going to be playing on the, oh, the that's eSports the, that team. was the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. What is the game he's going to be playing? Valorant is what it's called. Valorant. He's on the team Valorant. Uh, I'm not familiar with the game whatsoever. Do but, they have it? And you may not know. But I think it's like a third-person shooter or something like that. Well, but so so do they have, like, not, not being – because I, I don't know anything about this, and you may not know, but, like – do they have a World of Warcraft or whatever uh, first-person shooter? Yeah, Call of Duty so, first-person shooter game, like esports game for it. Yeah, so uh, Tucker told me. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of different games out there okay. that are uh, that are being played in esports, and um, each player. So uh, each you know quote athlete whatever. And I hate to make light of this, but uh, each athlete only plays a certain game. And I would compare that to, uh, you know, if you're on the football team, you're just playing football. Yeah, well, and, and you're just playing one position, yeah, essentially. I mean, you may be running back in a kickoff returner, but still, you're just right, one If you're on position. the baseball team, you're just playing baseball. Yeah. So, you know, I at first I thought this eSports thing was like, oh, you can just play any fucking game that's out there. No, they literally focus on one game and they develop a team that plays that one game. Um, and I, I think that makes sense to me. Yeah, and they well, probably have strategy what, like, on that team. You yeah, know, oh, one. yeah. Well, hell that, yeah, there's that, a lot of strategy. That reminds me, when I was a freshman in, down in Blacksburg, that we would play Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of, I've got Wolfenstein for my PlayStation 4. Oh, do you? Yeah, so but to like answer the, jo- I was always the sniper. That was but like to my answer job. Joe's question, uh, there are multiple games. There's there's this Valorant. Right. I, I do believe that they play Fortnite. <laughs> I believe, and this is based on what Tucker's told me, I believe that there's a team that does some version of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, What is, there's this... Uh, Oh my gosh! Um, name some of the other stuff out there. Uh, there's like a, Minecraft. No, not Minecraft. <laughs> um, League of Legends is okay, another one. Yeah. League of Legends is another they, one. There's I another sure. one. The boys wanted me to download, and I didn't. I can't. That was the movie with the Sean Connery it. in it, wasn't it? No, that was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, you okay. jagass. Yeah, you jag off. No, uh, League of Legends, I believe, is one. Uh, the, I, I think there's like half a dozen. Yeah, because I remember that the are, boys wanted that me to are very popular yeah. in the e game. Well, I'll, I'll throw yeah. this out there. Like honestly, I could not be more proud of Tucker Diddick. Well, me, me either. Like, and I told him one day, I said, "So all of your, uh, you know, fucking around, basically, right, is potentially going to pay off." Yeah. You know, he's getting scholarship money for this and. I think this is just right up his alley. I think it's going to help him fit in in college. Yeah, it's and like I said, help him I like have fun at college. And just I've I've been around him a decent amount the past couple of years, and just seeing him come into his own and everything. Yeah. Like, I, oh, it, absolutely, that, that kid. He's he's phenomenal. He yeah. really and truly is. And even he's 
you know, helped Jackson out with some stuff, just, you know, gaming and or showed Jackson how to, you know, play on Minecraft. Like he, he actually, he does a oh, phenomenal yeah. job with even the younger, uh, younger cousins of his. He's like a master at the Minecraft. Well, it, and the it, thing it, is, if you, if you went back five years with him, he was an asshole on Minecraft. Yeah. Well, and, but, but that's the thing. But now you know, he's you, helpful. You look, you look at some, you look at some kids like that and you know, you've got a nine year old little kid wanting you to play Minecraft with him. They could tell him to go fuck off. But here he is, you know, <laughs> helping his little cousin. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's what I mean. I just total, you know, nothing but respect for him. He's stand-up guy. Yeah. Um. So how's he handling? How, how are they handling COVID? Like the high school students and all that stuff. I don't know. It's like different every day, right? Um. Sometimes they go to school. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> I don't really know any more about it than that. To well, be honest and with Claire, you. Claire with uh, Fatima, I think she had to take a while off because they don't do the uh, child, like the emergency child care, care or whatever. Yeah, the critical care. Age. Yeah, I think middle school, they don't do critical care because the kids can stay at home on their own. Mm. But that, that's been a lifesaver for us is the fact that while I'm still working and while Becky's still working, the boys can still go to school under that critical care, uh, daycare thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I have to be honest. I don't know what the hell is going on with school right now. I, I just think, I mean, there's something based on the color of the county or some shit like that. Whether you it is it when <clears throat> whether you get to go to in person school or you do distance learning, I, I can't. I can't even keep up with it. I feel like I'm so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> I what one thing I did want to get into you uh, get into with you Joe is how has the 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 covid outbreak impacted um how you work day to day how how does law enforcement how is how is law enforcement different in the face of covid it, at the very beginning it changed a lot just cuz all the bars were closed down. Hardly anybody was out. Like it, legit, I, and I, I hate to use these terms, but while I was on midnight shift, uh, what March, April, and May, and even part of June, but it was like the city was a ghost town after yeah. after ten o'clock at night. Oh, certainly through March. I mean, because yeah. that was the the peak of uh, well, but it, but all the bars were closed. The, the down, government like, shut until down, May. or the yeah, right, right, but. uh but, it, you know, it, we issued a lot of summons or wrote a lot of arrest citations, um, signed a lot of warrants. But other than that, like when, when we arrested somebody, even still now, depending upon who it is or whatnot, if we arrest somebody, we don't fingerprint people. Uh, a lot of the times on midnight shift, if there's no magistrate in, uh, one of the guys will go to the police department, uh, type out a CDR so they can get admitted to the jail. And you mm-hmm. don't even, you don't even bring that person inside the police department. You just do that CDR real quick, print it off, send them up, send them up to jail. You'll work on the report. And then the guy that transported will come back and either write the warrants or write his part of the narrative yeah. for his report. One thing I wondered about, and I don't even know if this applies to you, uh, as a, uh, you know, a city or a municipal law enforcement, but, you know, there was a lot of stuff enacted throughout this COVID uh, pandemic about you, you, there were grace periods 
added for vehicle registration. There were grace periods added for uh, vehicle inspection. I think there were grace periods added for vehicle insurance. Yeah. Right. Well, and what? what so that, how? To, like, uh, my question is like, you know, you prior to COVID, you might have pulled someone over because their sticker was out, right? But I think, technically speaking, during COVID, you cannot do that, right? Or am I wrong? I, it 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 all depends upon. And, and yet again, it's 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 the greatest thing of my job is the officer discretion. Yeah. But the the governor did say, you know, we'll just for for you know shits and giggles, and but let's just say that your registration expired in March mm-hmm. of twenty twenty. The governor did give everybody a three month extension. Yeah, well, so I mean, I want to interrupt you. I don't want to say I hate that you say it was for shits and giggles. I think it was for a good reason. Well, no, well I, I, it was it was for good and good. I reason. think it was because people literally couldn't get into the DMV. Right. I just couldn't think of a better. Term yeah. No. For okay. It, I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah. I literally people literally could not yeah. get into well, the like DMV. I, said, I, I just couldn't think of a better yeah. term. But so he he extended he extended everything for three months. Mm-hmm. And from what my understanding is, that went till the end of the year. So, however, if you look at it, and your registration expired. December first, twenty nineteen. No, yeah, so that was it, right. So it's so well, that it was just, even pre COVID. Yeah, right. Well, and it, but so, but yet again, it's it's all officer discretion. As long as you're mm-hmm. within that three month window, then you won't get pulled over. If yeah, you're, if you're outside of that, then if I want to stop you, then yeah, work. Well, work I says mean, work says by all means go for it, but also work says, hey guys. Yeah, let's have. Well, as, I guess the question I'm putting as we can. Yeah, the fewest interactions you can. I guess the question I'm putting to you is that uh, removing all of uh, removing all of the variables, you might pull someone over just because their stickers out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're uh, for no other reason. They're not speeding. They're not swerving. You know, whatever. Correct. You might pull someone over. Just because their stickers out, correct. But now there's this grace period. Like, uh, how difficult is it for you to change your mindset? Right. So you're programmed to pull over someone uh, theoretically, right. just because their stickers dead. Yeah. How hard is it for you to not do that based on so, the governor's mandate? Right. It, the way that it was, because during the mandate, the, the biggest part of the mandate, I was on midnight shift. It just, like I said, there wasn't that many people out moving, so I, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Then when I went to day shift, all you have to eat me, and, and you're right, though, when I went to day shift in July, I had to tell myself if I was out running traffic that day or if I just decided to stop cars that time, mm-hmm. I had to tell myself, it's like, hey, anything before May or after May, I can't pull over. Yeah. Like, if it's May, June, July, I can't stop it. So what I did, just because it's me, I said, anything April, I'm not going to stop it. Because I give people, generally I give people an extra month. Yeah. 
just because I'm not the best at getting my registration renewed. Well, I get that. I'm just I'm just trying to say, well, like, no, right. well, if it, you were a buy the book person, right? But well, it's it's something that that you you have how to hard would it be to reprogram yourself? Well, you know what you I mean? Have, yeah, it's something you have to constantly remind yourself to, of. Yeah, because like some of these things were changes day to day, and I just imagine if you were law enforcement, this would be so much ingrained in your brain. Yeah. You'd be like, well, fuck if it. If that sticker's dead. I'm gonna pull you over, right? Well, and that's what I say. And It'd then, like, honestly, but like, then it, it would, turns out, like, oh, well, you're in the grace period. Yeah. Well, and like <laughs> I said, it, it was something that, like, several times a day, I had to remind myself yeah. of because, like, it, like I said, especially day. What shift, if you? What if you pulled over someone who was in the grace period? You know, say. say <laughs> I know where you're going with this. You yeah. found something else. Sam knows, I, I, Sam knows I know, where I'm going I know with this. where he's going with this, too. Hey, it's it's because, marijuana. because it's David. Yeah, because no, no, no. no. David. He's trying to get out of anything. No, I'm just saying, like, what if you pulled someone over just because their inspection sticker was dead, mm-hmm. but it fell under the governor's grace period, and you also smelled marijuana, or you suspected they had uh, an illegal firearm or something in there. Like, I mean, does that matter? To be honest with you, I would imagine. I mean, it, I, well, I, I can you imagine. arrest someone? I guess what I'm asking is, can you arrest someone for those offenses based on a pretense that you, they, you would lose that was forgiven? What, what, what would happen is, is honestly, you would make the arrest in any, anybody with, a little bit of forethought would make the arrest and then essentially it, it would suck because nobody wants to set the precedence with case law based upon themselves. Yeah, but they would lose. Well, it, but that's why, but you, you would go ahead and make the arrest and in essence you yeah. would, you would make case law. Yeah. You would. Well, you no, would, I always wondered like, so, I mean, clearly they they're doing something wrong. What, they would say right? just what you said. The judge would come out and say, or they may not even let it go to court. They go, this was done under false. Right. Well, they, um, exactly. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. But you, you would go ahead and do what you would need to do. And just like you would explain it like you would anything else. And then yeah. just let the courts and the prosecutors. And everybody I always wondered that about out. that. Cause like, clearly, like clearly if you're in possession of a firearm and you're not allowed to have a firearm, like you've violated yeah. the law. Well, a lot of but if you what, found that because you pulled over someone, because their sticker was out, but their sticker wasn't out. Well, and, you know and, what I'm getting. Uh, it, 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 it's similar, like it, it, not yeah, getting a it, warrant or having something wrong with the well, warrant, and, that's, and everything you yeah, collect from the house is. And, and that's that's what they yeah. that's what they refer to as fruit of the poisonous tree. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like it, yeah. it says, hey, you know, everything you did is good. However, you missed step C, yeah. so yeah. D, E, and F. So, like everything. So is maybe. Bad. The, so I guess what I'm yeah. driving at is maybe this COVID policy uh has changed law enforcement or maybe even hindered law enforcement would you agree with that yeah yeah i figured as much um well you know um and i don't know who's getting away with what i mean i really can't imagine that you know but I, i i do imagine that uh, someone well, would get add, off for that reason. Joe, let me right. just ask you, and, and I was going to talk about something else real quick that's in the, along the same lines, but just from your own personal experience, because I think this would be an important question to ask. 
How many time? How often would you say that when you pull someone over for something like that, that you end up finding something else? Uh, there's several. I mean, would you say it's like ten percent of the time, or hardly ever? No, the, there's there's several different factors. To be completely and totally honest with you, I mean, a, a lot of the times, just. I'll just go ahead. And well, say, I know what you're going to say. You I'll, might I'll say, find a reason you want to pull somebody over and go, "Well, I'll, this isn't easy." I'll say, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, forty percent of the time. Okay, I see what. Yeah. However, it, enforcing traffic code is a great way to find other things, right? Because it gives you that. Because reason. a lot of people transport things while they're in a car, so therefore. Yet again. And it gives you the probable cause to be able, or it gives well, you the, and not even probable cause. I mean, I, potentially, I have probable cause in the back of my car to search a car. Just because you stop a car doesn't give you probable cause or reasonable suspicion, because all you need is reasonable suspicion. You need probable cause to make the arrest. You need reasonable suspicion to stop the car or search the car, which is a huge misconception. Mm, I, I don't. I, I need probable cause to make the arrest, not to stop said person. I need probable cause that a crime is being committed or has been committed. So, yes, yeah, I think that stuff's all very fascinating. So Joe said uh, about 40% of the time. David can't hear us. He's not plugged in yet. But Well, I'm, I'm sure he can still hear us talking. I can't talking. hear anyone. <laughs> I'm um, sure he can still hear us talking. Uh, hang on. I'm getting my headphones reconnected right now. Uh, but yeah. I, did you hear my question? Kind of. I, I basically was asking Joe, you know, just to give his own, um, you know, based on his experience about how often a, a, yeah. a, a traffic stop like that would turn into something else. But Well, I, I, I think so. Yeah, no. So I did hear a little bit of his discussion. I would say that the percentage is low, like mm-hmm. a, tra- a normal traffic stop leads to something else is probably very, very, very low. I'd say the huge majority of people speeding are just trying to get from point A to point B faster mm-hmm. or, well, so, well, that's speeding. I mean, so that's a very specific yeah. chart. Uh, so let me change my thought actually. <laughs> um, and let me say first, like I never even saw this podcast addressing this, but this is fine. Yeah, so speeding is, yeah, just someone just trying to get somewhere quicker. I don't think that's really criminal or additionally criminal. Right. Let me say that. Uh, but someone running a red light or someone running a stoplight, I would venture to say that maybe it's a higher percentage. Now, I'm not saying, when I say higher percentage, I don't think it's like, greater than 50 percent but it's higher than your stops for speeding i bet if you run a traffic signal it's probably a higher percentage that you're intoxicated Mm -hmm. for example um i don't know that it would be a higher percentage of someone engaging in something else illegal like i mean gosh i would hope if you're if you're a criminal and you're transporting stolen goods or transporting, you know, like, uh, 
trafficked children, for example, like you're going to stop sign, adhere to every traffic code out there, right? Or you could be just driving and letting go of the steering. But if you're driving under, but no, but if you're driving under the influence, like you're going to miss a stoplight, you're going to miss a stop sign, right? I I don't know. Hey, before I forget, I want to go down. you know, you're talking about the grace period on the registrations. Um, Ying, so like we're having a problem. Ying's driver's license expires next month. And one of the documents that she needs is a valid passport. Well, her passport is expired. And the reason. Oh, that, you've told me this yeah, before. The yeah. reason I've, that I've it, heard that. Yeah, the reason it's expired is because they. They have they don't have the embassy open where you she has to go in DC and it's for the foreseeable future and they don't have anything that the Chinese government hasn't come down with any sort of uh, remedy for that like they just haven't made a decision on whether or not you know they haven't said anything like oh there's a grace period or you can come in six months or just nothing so it's up to the Chinese government for that. Yeah, because it's her. It's a Chinese passport yeah, for her to get her passport. Oh gosh! Yeah, there's just nobody in the building. That probably just depends on how high up she is on the Chinese social uh, social credit yeah, system. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Though. Has she done enough good deeds, or has <laughs> she stayed silent? I mean, I has say that jokingly, but enough. I'm dead. But I'm kind of serious about it. That's like a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you live in China. Yeah. Um, but I find that interesting because that's having some other random ramifications. Like she now doesn't have a, and see, they don't have that in the West Virginia law for, you know, waiving the passports for people that's passports have expired, but there's nothing they can do about it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that is a sub element of a COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they didn't create a, Grace period for that. Probably because they've never thought about it. Is her visa still good without her passport? So here's her thing is, no, and her visa hasn't been good anyway. So, which makes her here. She's all. Right, yes. Yeah, complicated. I get get what you're saying. Her visa went bad when she was no longer F F1 student. Okay. Because that was a student visa. So she's just waiting to, who knows. We'll see. But. You can can write in the rain. Excuse me. Um, if you were curious, yeah. <laughs> Ritter. They also sell right in the rain. They also sell a pen that you can write in the rain with. How else, Sam? Uh, has the coronavirus affected you uh, as a business or as a you know, business person? Uh, it actually benefited me in my lawn business because I didn't have to compete with other traffic on the road. Just like with Joe, there was it, just nobody. The first several uh, months that I started, there wasn't that much traffic. I think you and I talked about this. During oh my gosh. Podcast. Let me interject real quick that how glorious was my drive to work in Charleston. Oh, I during can only shutdown. Oh. I'm serious. Zero cars in the road. And I saw every one of those signs flashing, uh, stay at home order, essential traffic only. And like, and I hated to call myself 
uh, essential traffic, but I was fucking driving to work. <laughs> and well, there were no there, other, there's no other cars on the road. <laughs> but now, Sam, I do want to ask you this, though. Okay. How did the eviction moratorium affect you? So I have not. Ooh, I, one. I had a woman that I evicted right after they dropped that. You know, back in June, mm-hmm. and she's, I remember her saying, you can't do this or whatever. And I wasn't really totally aware, but I was, and then they reinstated it again and they, they allowed me to evict her. But, um, I have done, I have been lucky. Okay. Our cousin Mel has not been lucky. Well, cause um, he, here's my thing. And, and, and I know we discussed that we didn't necessarily want to talk about this. So I'm really just going to hit it briefly, but they talk about wanting to stimulate the economy and get people spending money and get money in people's pockets. Could you guys hear that? Yes. yes. Oh shit. I was, I'm trying, I'm trying to experiment. I, with, I thought uh, you were trying something. not to get me to talk about this, but how are you supposed to stimulate the economy? If you can't make any money because nobody's paying you rent. Exactly. I well, mean, it, it, but I understand. Like, if people isn't if people aren't making money, they can't afford to pay their rent. But how are you supposed to pay your bills if people aren't paying you rent? Yeah, it's complicated. There's supposed to be government programs, you know, that you can sign up for that'll compensate them for the. But can, there, can you sign up for them to be compensated? Yeah, you can. Like, I, I went down that rabbit hole a little bit because I was trying to help out Mel. Like, I can fill out the paperwork, but the person has to sign it. Okay. But what I did for the one, the, I've had one other person since. The other one was the other one. The other eviction was not COVID related. Well, and the one person you said it was one of your uh, foreign exchange students that his parents could not send him. The yeah, money. couldn't send. Okay. Him. They eventually did. That was a year ago. But right. Because I, I remember you talking about that one. Day. Yeah. And then uh, this one, which was recent, and I really like the girl, but you know, like you're saying, I got to pay the mortgage. Like it's just a trickle down. Right. Well, and, and that that was my thing. It's it's a whole trickle down process. I mean, yeah, they can't pay, but if they can't pay you, then you can't pay. So what I did, and for me, it was one person, and you know, call me crazy, but crazy. I paid her. <laughs> I paid her to leave. Okay. Because I need that. I need to be able yeah, to rent you, that. You, you need the income coming in so you can live. And she needed money too, obviously. And I said, you know, if you can find somewhere else to live or live with your parents and I'll pay you half a month's rent, even though you owe me a month and a half, you know what I mean? To just, to easily leave leave because I know that I'm not allowed to evict. So you're going to have to do it of your own free will. And maybe this little nudge will make you do it. So, and it worked. Right. Um, that's just my how my brain works thinking outside the box. Like I know that our, our cousin has, has a significant. It, it's the, well, like I say, I, I didn't, I don't want to delve deep into it because it goes to what we didn't necessarily want to talk yeah. about. But it also, it's how COVID potentially it can you. wreck, especially if you have a whole bunch of people that are waiters, waitresses, things like that right. that have really been getting hammered. Mm-hmm. It can, uh, it everything was okay, pretty safe, even though they had enacted that moratorium on evictions at the very beginning when people were getting the $600 extra unemployment and all that. Right. Like people were still paying. Like yeah. if, if you had somebody because that they wasn't, had that to be yeah, able to, yeah, exactly. Okay. If you, if you had somebody that wasn't paying you, they were just a douche anyway. Right. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the, in your face, all oh, they say, I don't have to, so I'm not going to. Okay. Um, but I've been blessed about it. 
uh, I actually told David in our last little podcast that I felt like I'd been blessed the whole time. Fortunately. Good. Yeah. Well, and here, and here's, here's another thing that, cause I'm, I'm done with you. How, how COVID affected me during this pandemic. The fucking memes were awesome. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> oh, the say, memes were off David, the chart, David dude. David Denning, a.k.a. Junior, Oh, if thank you, will. you. I'm taking a bow here. No uh, one can see it. A.k.a. Yeah. Denrock. Thank you so much. Yeah. He sends out the best memes. He like, really I don't know where he finds these things. Well, it's just because I have the best friends on Facebook, and I hope people are listening now. And uh, But no, I, I got them all from either Facebook or Instagram. I, clearly, you didn't make them yourself. You're not that talented. Uh, oh, God, come on. I probably could have come up with some of them. Some of them. I'll give um, you that. Yeah. Some. <laughs> not all. Because you, you sent some gold out on that oh, brother's absolutely text. Absolutely. Meme gold this so, past year. So good. Our brother, Ben, uh, and I, I think he's much like almost all of us. I have not deleted our brother's text yeah, at all. Yeah, he is actually uh, going to Shutterfly, I think it is, and he's going to produce a book. No, I, I a chronological, so I chronological book of all of our gotta get, Got to give credit where credit's due. That was my original idea that I mentioned on your podcast that we yeah. should do, and I told Ben, and he said, yeah, I'm well, going to do it. it, it honestly I said, is, it, that would be, because you were trying to do the year right. review, and I said um, it would be, to do it through memes would that's be right. perfect. As, as much as he frustrates me, and I understand why he doesn't do it, he does listen to both of your all's podcasts religiously. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he does. He he and I have had several yeah. conversations about your all's podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Now I was trying to um, describe this podcast to someone the other day, and and they asked me how popular is it, or something like that, and I said fuck i don't know i mean there's all like, my brothers listen to well it. no i said i said statistically there's like 40 or 50 downloads for every episode like i mean that's all i have to go by i don't right. know how popular it is um i mean i downloaded on my phone my and i don't phone, my computer with work and to be honest like i don't well and the thing is like i don't even know what one download means i don't know what that means well yeah I, I haven't figured that out so like if i listen to it five times does that right count as five downloads or does it but anyways like all i care about like so i have to admit i've got i've got a crap load of feedback from my work in charleston and that's weird like so i live in huntington i work in charleston but like most of the feedback on my podcast is from charleston i have to get you a couple new listeners up in the charleston metro area as well just no dude i i have people at work telling me that uh hey i loved your last podcast when's the next one gonna be actually every single day at work people say when's the next podcast uh so i i feel like maybe the majority of my listeners are in charleston yeah the only person that ever asks me about mine is that guy Tony? When are we going to do another podcast? I said, dude, well, you've drugged me down to the point where I don't think I'd be employable. Listen, if my, I my had favorite, a real job. My favorite day ever at work in 2020, and it, and it sounds just slightly sadistic, but somebody was shot in the city of Huntington. Oh God! And it was my job to go to Cabell Huntington Hospital with the victim and try to get as much information, you know, see where, see what all the damage may have been. Yada, they yada, didn't yada. jump from the fourth floor afterwards, did they? <laughs> not, not that I know of. But so that was my job. And literally, like, I'm in the trauma room 
as the, as the docs and all the staff are trying to you know help this guy that just got shot, and like the ER doc looks up at me and goes, "Hey, were you episode two? <laughs> that's like, awesome. I was like, "What are you talking well, about?" I'm tell like, you what, that he's is. like Double D's podcast. Were Were you the one in the episode two? Are you Joe? Did you go to Florida last week? And I was like, "Dude, that's fucking awesome." Yes, it was me. <laughs> that is uh, that's good praise. I know I'm it is. You, I'm going to tell you what the best praise I ever had was um, when Norma uh, Denning said she was going to quit listening to it. No, 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 that no, was mine. No. Oh, that's oh, right. That was Sam. Well, Mom's <laughs> probably never going to listen to mine either, but. uh no, uh, one of our anesthesia technicians in Charleston came to me and he said, uh, I played for my family your episode where you talked about the coronavirus uh, vaccine. And he said, uh, I think that you convinced my entire family, like my mom and my dad and my brothers and a couple of my cousins uh, to actually get the vaccine if when it comes available to them. And I said, well, Bill, I... First of all, I'm very happy that you listen to it. And second of all, I'm happy that you share it with your family. That's awesome. And thirdly, I'm glad that I broke through to somebody. I'll tell you like what. I, that, so that's, that's the high point of the podcast for me. Like I really, So based on that, I don't give a shit how many listens I have. Like I mean, I, obviously I follow that because that's the only metric I have. Yeah, right. But the feedback from this guy just said, you know, that means a bunch to me that your people have decided something based on yeah my the, the information I put. When out. speaking of that, yeah, as cool. of yesterday, yeah. at uh, about nine fifteen in the morning ish, I'm two weeks out. I can go back to licking doorknobs and windows. Yeah, and well, I was going to ask. Um, actually, this is one of the things I wanted to touch upon. So. Sam, you have you had the COVID vaccine? No, no, I did not think so. You're not amongst the the first wave that's eligible. Yeah, I'm like one of the only Denning yeah. people that doesn't. But is um, get it. Joey, no, no, you no, no. There, there's Joey, you, you Andy Ben, Joey, you have had both of them. Mm-hmm. I want you to describe to me your experience with both injections uh, after the first one. My my arm was sore uh, for about two days. Okay, that was that was really the only thing that I that I noticed after the first one. On the first one, the second one, my arm was sore for about three days, so a little bit a little bit longer in the soreness, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't have a fever. I didn't feel like crap or anything, but I just I felt run down for about a day. May maybe. Maybe a day and a half. I just felt run down. Was yours the Pfizer or the uh, Moderna? Uh, mine was Pfizer. No, either one. What was yours, David's Pfizer or Moderna? Yeah, no, so I got. I had the Pfizer. And then, and, uh, uh, oddly enough, honestly, oh, that sounds so much better, Jim. Rebecca got the Moderna, and she just got her booster on Wednesday. No, oh, so so what was her experience? She's uh, she's still. Um, today she felt better, but she's been exhausted a little bit longer than For, I uh, How about first shot with her? First shot, she she seemed to be doing all right with. Yeah. Well, let me let me put this out to the listeners uh, again. I'm not going to explain the whole fucking vaccine again, but uh, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines 
are the same uh, technology, if you will. They're both messenger RNA vaccines. The difference between them is the uh, liposomal droplet that they're delivered with. Um, yeah, so let me tell you about my experience. And <laughs> when I compare my experience to uh, basically everyone else, like it makes me, I have a lot of questions. So I, I had the first injection like a month ago, literally zero side effects. I mean, like I didn't even feel like I had a needle on my arm. I had no, no injection site pain, nothing. I didn't spike a fever. I didn't feel lethargic or anything like literally nothing changed. And, you know, at the time, that's what everyone said. Like, oh, the first shot's no big deal. And all, all I heard was, but you're going to get your ass kicked by the second one. And I had all these people telling me, like, oh, well, I had to take off work for a week after my second shot, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, oh, well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to get the second shot because I got the first one. Like, right. why would I waste this opportunity? I cannot, I can't skip out on the second one. Right. So I get the second one. And by the way, mine was the Pfizer shot, or both of them. Get the second shot. Literally no side effects. I had zero, I had no injection site pain. Didn't have a fever, chills. Uh, I, did, I never felt lethargic, never sick to my stomach, no diarrhea. Like, I mean, literally nothing happened. So that based on everyone else's experience, it makes me think, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I wonder, uh, is the trial still going on? <laughs> Yeah, and maybe I got randomized into the placebo branch of everything. I don't know that. To me, that sounds very conspiratorial, right? Um, the second thought I've had is, uh, well, and the second thought can go in two different branches. Uh, the second thought is like, maybe I have no immune system. I never mounted an immune response to it. Or maybe I have a super immune system. Yeah. And my immune system's so awesome that I didn't have any issues with this. So, so I don't know that. I don't know. Um, if, if I was ever offered the chance to go in and have my immunity measured, I will certainly go in. But, um, I've never, uh, the opportunity hasn't come up yet, but no. So that's my personal experience. Zero with the first zero, with the second, well, nothing. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that the second one knocked me on my ass, but I could, I could definitely feel like I felt more tired. Yeah. Now, Megan, my wife, uh, she, with the first one, she said she felt a little lethargic the next day. Like she had trouble getting out of bed. That was it. The second shot that Megan got, uh, that put her on her ass for about three or four days. Really? Like she couldn't get out of bed. She like, uh, headache, muscle pain, just feeling tired all the time. Nauseous. 
and couldn't eat for like three or four days. Um, and you know, to me coming from my experience with it, that's just weird. Yeah. Uh, I, so I don't, now, I don't know. I, I've heard the reports from all, I've heard everything ranging from nothing to every issue. Uh, so I don't know what I, now you being in the medical field and I mean, granted your, your specialty is completely different. My well, the, specialty is the best. Well, but, but for, for the question I'm asking. Yeah, go ahead. Do they know when I might need to get this again? Like, is it going to be a yearly thing like the flu shot or is it going uh, no, to be like a two no, year no, thing? No, 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 no. We don't have a clue about that yet. Well, and they, they, this, well that's because <laughs> no. I knew they, like I was watching Lester Holt one night. Yeah. And, and they were talking about it, but they said that, you know, they, they still weren't sure. So I wasn't sure. And then that, that was, you know. Two, three no, so ago. that's the one thing about these vaccines that they don't know. First of all, they don't know if it gives you complete immunity. Right. All they've measured is that people have a, you know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. If we had a video, they have an immune response. Right. Well, and that's what, that's what um, Rebecca was telling me that you may not necessarily be immune to it. However, yeah less likely of a potential hospital stay or death yeah. with it. Not necessarily immune to it, but the, it helps yeah, your so immune the, system. So all they've been able to measure with this vaccine, this first, these first two vaccines is that you, you actually, there is a measurable immune response. Now they don't know what that means. Right. Does that mean that you're immune to the disease? Does that mean that you have ongoing immunity, you know, for next year or the year after that? Or That's what's not known. And I would argue, so anyone who says that this thing was rushed to market, first of all, it was not rushed to market. You know, it went through all the proper channels. Yeah, well, and, and but you've this, talk, you and I have talked about that personally. But and this is the one podcast. thing that we don't know because it's so new. And it's so it was so quick to market is what is the long term immunity? We don't know that because it's only been out there for a couple months. Right. Um now when I look at this vaccine like uh on on the surface, like I'm fascinated by it. So the, uh, and I'm talking about the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, their messenger RNA vaccine. So they're giving you a, a messenger RNA that's going to help your cells produce a protein that is, that is the spike protein right. on the uh, the virus. And if that's recognized as a foreign body, then you're going to develop immunity to that. So I, in my opinion, this has to be a superior vaccine. To, yeah. to to getting like the the attenuated virus, right? So if you get the attenuated virus, like you're gonna get, you'll get exposed to the whole virus, all of its genome and everything. But I think if you can just figure out what like this, like they figure out what is this surface protein, right. the thing that helps it enter the cells, like, and if you can rec, if your body can recognize that then maybe you can kill it before it ever gets into cells. Well, that, that's why I think it's and, helping with these other strands. And Yeah, and maybe it helps for all the different genetic mutations of the right. virus. Well, because I mean, you get your flu shot, and it may help against flu A, but it may not help against flu B or 
however they they name the flus nowadays. I yeah, can't remember right. if it was flu one, flu two, or flu A, flu B. Yeah, no, I and I don't know that either. But uh, I think that this messenger RNA uh, vaccine uh, has to be superior to the others. Uh, just in my manner of thinking. Um, but it's, it's just very interesting to me to see the the wide differences in people's reactions to them. And, you know, should I be worried, <laughs> should I be worried that I had zero reaction to it versus a person who had a debilitating reaction to it? I don't know the answer to that. What, um, Sam, like, I wonder when Sam's going to be able to get his. Hell, I'm last in line, man. No, you can't be last in line. Well, I'm close. It just depends on how many vaccines are available out there. I mean, you were probably last in line when the number of vaccines were very low to begin with. But now the number of vaccines out there is going up and up and up. And actually, I just saw a report today, in fact, that um, every vial of this Pfizer vaccine, I think, is supposed to have an extra dose. I can't remember. It's supposed to have five doses in it, but like what is common with a lot of drugs is the vials are overfilled and um there there's a, an extra dose in every vial of this and so that i think the fda has approved that they can take the overfill of the vaccine and actually administer it someone uh, to someone as a vaccine so that'll be I think one thing I, 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 can I think say every you. vial has five doses nominally on it, but the overfill provides for six doses, so that would be twenty percent more right. doses. Well, let, let me there, let me right? put it this way: I don't know where I am in line, but the second that I'm able to get it, I'll go get it, and so will my wife. So, well, I'm very happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Um. Well, because I'll tell you what, when the when the vaccine first became available, I, there were a lot of people that I worked around, a lot of people in my circles who said, um, "Fuck no, I'm not taking this vaccine. It's um, it's untested. It's it's new stuff, and it was rushed to market." Like uh, people had all these excuses not to take it, and. Um, and it was in one of my podcasts. I think it was a podcast I did on my own. It was. It was a podcast right before your year in review. Yeah, I just said, I said, you know what? Like, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not forcing a vaccine on anybody. I mean, clearly I cannot. But I just want to educate people and help people make their decision about it. And now I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a direct result of my podcast, but. Uh, I think what I'm observing now is more people are willing to take it. I would like to apologize for my Keurig in the background. I'm well, I was about to say, uh, cup of coffee. I was about to say, Joe, uh, would you make me a cup? Of course, I would. Pretty please. Would you like uh, the Folgers Black Silk, the <clears throat> Folgers Original, or I've got uh, some other brand from uh, the Sam's Club, if you will. I can't remember what it is. I'm thinking Black Silk. Okay. Joe, yeah. let me get a black silk, too, when you get a minute. All right. Uh, barista just, uh, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I can't uh, wait yeah. to get my new tumbler in the mail. 
All the you get two of them. Did you get a? I wasn't going to say. I hesitate to say. I'm not going to say it. I don't even want to get. But I'm getting my. I'm waiting for my tumbler. The LT tumbler. Mm -hmm. I got confirmation that it shipped. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you watched uh, RHF? I've watched about fifty minutes of it. Is it pretty good? It is. Yeah. Am I get Yang and I are going to And what I'm upset about is like I can only watch it on my computer so far. I would love to be able to watch it on my television. That's what you were telling me, that they don't have a means to do it through. If anyone from the DW is listening to this, <laughs> like we can't even speak about exactly what, what it is we're talking about. Uh, actually, like uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to mute everyone and I'm going to play something like I, I'm just I don't know. I'm, fe I'm feeling this right now. Sorry about that. Needed a coffee break. Welcome back, yeah. buddies. I've got some coffee. Um, I'm feeling a little run down myself, even though I'm on vacation for the next couple of weeks. That's what when you told me the other day remember. that you could do it whenever uh, the next couple of weeks. I was like, oh, he must be on vacay. Oh, my God. That is so hot. <laughs> I know you drank that oh. like it was a Diet Coke on ice. Oh, 
That probably sounds like Anderson Cooper on uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve two years ago. Where he goes, ah! 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 Oh, that fucking burned my face off. Man, you're not going to taste your next week of oh. <laughs> Get in the refrigerator and get this man some cold water to pour in Woo. there. No, I need some cold beer, I think. But No, that was Anderson Cooper going, ah! Ah! I remember he said that out. I remember that. Oh my gosh! No, that's some hot. Co- that sounds a Keurig. Oh yeah, David. If you'll notice, Jeez. I won't. I won't drink this uh, insulated tumbler <laughs> for like twenty minutes. Yeah, Joe won't touch that till tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, if I, put, if I put the lid on it, I wouldn't oh. touch it till tomorrow. What, what is that? What is the logo on that tumbler? It's uh, it's it's something from a uh, Shield Box. Actually, okay. I can't <laughs> wait to get my tumbler. <laughs> Becky, Becky got me Shield Box last year for Christmas. She got me three months uh, of subscription, mm. and what it is is it's a uh, like a monthly box for law enforcement. And each month they would send you like I got a coffee cup once I got a fancy handcuff pouch uh, one oh. month like it, they always give you like a piece of equipment. Is uh, it through Amazon or is it its own? No, it's it's like Shieldbox.com. It's actually it was really really cool. Okay. Um, but it, there's always a piece of equipment like a snack, uh, like a tumbler. I can't remember what else they gave us or gave me. But then like I got a book over here. I was looking at that. It's called the Modern Day Gunslinger, and it's got different oh. like it's got different shooting drills and all kinds of other stuff in here. I mean, it's actually really really neat. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this brings up a, a question I've had for you for a long time, though. I've never asked you this. Um, have you ever had to accompany a prisoner to the operating room? No. I was gonna say it's a simple yes or no question. But, uh, you had to think about it for a while. No, no. So like, like, do you ever have to go back with someone to surgery? No, I, I've come close. Yeah, but um, by the time they were asleep, and we decided, hey, we're just going to sign warrants, and we'll pick them up later. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, um, or even even a victim, I haven't because uh, actually, oddly enough, uh, the first time Richard Kern, one of my dear good friends at work and fellow canine handler, met our father. Uh, somebody got shot and uh and richard was in the er with him and dad was taking him up to surgery and he's like all right well i've got all the information that i need i guess i'll see you guys later and dad was like what do you want to scrub in and i'll just give you the bullet straight out of him and he was like well yes yeah well so i'm not well i guess so what i'm talking about is is something different so I think what what you're making reference to it would be in the uh, the absolute acute phase of something like a gunshot victim right. or stabbing victim or something. Uh, what I'm talking about is someone who's already incarcerated, like an elective procedure. Yeah, program. and so that that's like probably Department of Corrections or yeah, sheriff be, or it, something it, like that. It right? would be uh, like regional jail authority or uh, Department of Corrections. Yeah, so. The, the, I think the point I'm going to bring up here is, and, and I know that like this is a departure from what we we're talking about, but it's just interesting conversation. So I see, I mean, you wouldn't believe this, but every fucking day I see a prisoner come to surgery for some reason. Usually it's because they got their ass beat in jail right. and they have a broken jaw or a broken, uh, eye socket or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but they're always accompanied back to surgery by someone who, I guess it's from Department of Corrections. Yeah. Like I said, it's either DOC or a regional jail authority. And the patient is always 
handcuffed to the gurney. And this this officer always comes back to surgery with us with a taser and with a firearm and with his own set of handcuffs. He he puts on the bunny suit or he puts on scrubs, whatever. And I've I've never said this to one of them, but I always have wanted to say this. Like, why the fuck this big show of force? Because when I give them these medicines, they ain't fucking going anywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're not going anywhere during surgery. But these guys will sit in there the whole time they're having surgery. And and I, I agree with you. However, I also see the other side of it is what if somehow well hold on hold on listen yeah well i'm gonna hear you out because i want to hear the other side of it i honestly do this is way out of the realm of what you would think is quote-unquote possible Mm -hmm. what if you or somebody else in that staff knew said person really well and while the co or the guard was gone said haha bitch he's gone Granted, mm-hmm. he may be asleep, but it's not necessarily just for the prisoner. It's to make sure that nobody tries to take the prisoner elsewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah. Nobody, so, nobody well, else tries to help the prisoner escape. So I've, I've actually thought a bunch about this. Um, the, the, you know, Granted, the fir- it would take all kinds of medical equipment to keep that person breathing, yeah, no, essentially. So, no, uh, so I've thought about this a bunch. So <clears throat> I've thought, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of my thoughts was, you know, maybe this, uh, officer is there to make sure that we don't do anything inappropriate that to, the, to the, that person. could be it yeah. as well. I mean, you know, maybe it's, um, it's someone who's committed a heinous crime and you could be someone, a relative of that person's victim. Well, and oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. But it maybe it could be a, a, an especially heinous crime. You know, like, I, I don't know, like a murder of a child right. or rape of a child or something like that. And, you know, maybe they, maybe some, uh, uh, someone in the operating room would want to exact justice on that person. Yeah. I would think that that's, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but I think it's like extraordinarily rare. It, it, yes. Cause it, I think not, that just, it's not necessarily possible. Well, I think it just goes, probability ag- of it is. I think it just goes against what we all are there for. Well, it, it's, it's just like the, uh, and I can't remember his name, but the guy up in Charleston that, uh, murdered the police officer, Cassie Johnson. Yeah. No, that, I wasn't involved in that, but they all took care of him. It, right. Exactly. Yeah. They took care of him they, as they if he what, was a, another, an innocent bystander yeah, who knew was, what, they knew what crushed he under a car did. or something. Yeah. yeah. They knew what he allegedly did, but they still right. took care of him. Right. And I think that's what people medicine do. I, I think they, it is it really and truly. It's just like EMS. I mean, well, they're yeah. still in medicine, but it, you know, they, they do their job. Yeah. And you know, and hats off to the Charleston Police Department for sitting with him mm-hmm. and doing their job professionally mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, so I guess what you're talking about is you know maybe someone else could help this person elope, it, yeah. right? And I mean, I, I would, I would like to think that that is extremely rare or even like impossible to do. 
<clears throat> for the same reason, you know, we're all right. sworn to take care of a person uh, impartially. Um, I don't know, but I, I just, I don't know. This is just one of these things. I always think to myself, like, ha ha ha, this is fucking hilarious and stupid. Oh no, that these I, guys are yes. sitting here with a gun and handcuffs and a stun gun. And then well, they will well, literally sit there through a whole surgery. Yeah. 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 They're paralyzed. They're under deep anesthesia. Like they're, they're not going anywhere and no one's going to abscond with them. Well, and, and, surgery. And I, I guess you know, it, it goes back to, you know, depending upon where they are, what they've done, who they yeah. are. Cause I'm yeah. sure, you know, El Chapo or whatever his name is, he, he may have enough pool and enough money to, <laughs> Hey, that's true. That motherfucker probably could have gone to surgery and then someone well, yeah, brought and, him out and of there. That's what I'm saying. And, and yet again, it's, it's what I tell people when I'm at work, you know, not you, clearly you can't treat everything the exact same way, but an unattended, yeah. an unattended death until a certain point, you try to treat those the exact same way until it's essentially cleared by the medical examiner because, or yeah. I'm sorry, the coroner. Because that way you can say, hey, we came in, we took pictures, we didn't let the family or anybody in around it, you know, mess with a potential crime scene. Mm. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you, you try to do certain things the exact same way each time. So that way nobody can ever say, well, but you all did it this way instead of this way. I can buy that. I can swallow that. Yeah. I just, like I said, I think it's, it's always been overkill mm-hmm. anytime someone comes to surgery because like, you know, the, the emphasis is put on physical restraints, right? Yes. And what do I do for a living? I mean, I guess if you boiled it down to its essence, I put the chemical restraints on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing they can do to leave that operating room. What are you laughing at? Is this Saturday Night Live? It's, yeah, it's it is. Saturday Night Live, and they just showed uh, Dr. Fauci's Fauci first pitch. First pitch. <laughs> Who played Fauci? Who was that? Well, it, they, it was actually it was his Fauci. real first pitch. Yeah, it was yeah, actually they, Fauci throwing out the real first pitch that went oh, oh, okay. way left. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> you didn't see Fauci's uh, no. first pin? Oh my god! I, I just now it saw it. Awful. On Saturday night. Oh yes. Well, dad, yes, dad had bought. I bought him, and he didn't give him out. He always does this. I want to know where he just stores all the shit he buys. We will find it one day. But, <laughs> so, like, I bought it one day. ten, ten. Fauci baseball cards from top. Are you shitting me? No, they were a hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. What? No, you, no, you didn't buy ten of them no. for a thousand bucks. Dad did. Oh, what? No, for he me, didn't. I had to no. buy them. It was a limited thing, and they only had because so many. I'm calling you out on that. There's no the way that Dad Hill spent a thousand bucks on some no, bullshit. And he was going to give them to each one cards. of us in our stocking for Christmas. Sam's got the hookup that just at reminded Hill me. Limited. That's why Sam bought them. <laughs> No, we never got them. We were supposed to get them. Know, you know what, what I? You know what I forgot to bring to you guys. I, gosh, I, I totally meant <laughs> to bring this to factor. you. I told you about that shitting competition. Oh my no. god! Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I did. I'm I, sorry. I'll tell you what, though. I did finish that season after you guys talked about it. 
God love that TV show, especially the, the yeah, pepper it the is pepper good. eating show. Oh my God, and David! I may have got multiple listeners of yours to watch it anyway, looking <laughs> for the shit competition, looking for the shit episode. That's no, why but I what I forgot to bring to you guys, what I actually have in my possession, uh, I meant to bring down here today. I forgot is a book. Okay, the title is. Uh, reasons to vote for Democrats. Is it like your Jeffrey Epstein uh, killed himself book? Okay. Yeah, he's he's the actually, one guy it, that they didn't watch all the time. Actually, it's kind of it is slightly different from the Jeffrey Epstein book. So the the book about Epstein is the title of it is How Jeffrey Epstein Killed Himself. <laughs> you got yes, it. It was yes. all the same thing on every page. No, every page said. Epstein did not kill himself. Okay, this book, this book I have reasons to vote for Democrats is hilarious. It had every it has so it has a table of contents, and I can't remember who wrote it. It might have been like Michael Knowles. I can I cannot remember. But anyways, it has a table of contents like on foreign policy, domestic policy, like you know healthcare, blah blah blah. Every single page in it is blank. I figured as much. Every page is blank. Oh, it's the most glorious book ever written. <laughs> See, why don't we think of some shit like that before other people? And the thing do. is, like, like, I bought two copies of it because I wanted to give one to you, Sam. I wanted to keep one for myself, and they're ten dollars each. <laughs> That, yeah, I, 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 that person I just that. made like a million dollars. You gotta get I know that for it, I know it. Oh my gosh! No, I, I'm oh. gonna give one to you. I'm, I swear. And I knew I said I this podcast wasn't get one. It wasn't gonna get political. But no, I have that I book, and it's, you are, it is, that's funny. It's freaking hilarious. It, every page is blank. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> you know. That's funny. That'd have been funny ten years ago. Yeah, but no, that Jeffrey Epstein book is hilarious too, because <laughs> it's broken down into chapters too. It talks about like evidence and testimony and blah blah blah. In every chapter, like every page said, Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> I did see the other day on Netflix when I logged in that apparently there's a docu series on uh, Epstein not killing himself. <laughs> I was told, and this is somewhat unrelated, but I was told by, um, and it makes me think of Epstein though. Because he funded a lot of this stuff. Remember how they said he funded like stuff for um, trying to uh, trying to find ways to live forever and stuff like that. He had yeah. scientists working for him, and you know that's one of the reasons quote that he was justifying sleeping with all these young girls because he thought it was the way for eternal life and all this crap. <laughs> well, anyway, the guy was nuts, right? Well, he was. He was. Right. So well, anyway, this okay. person told me to watch this documentary on Netflix. I watched it last night. It. It's really confusing, but it's interesting. It, it's on transhumanism mm. and how we've been messing with the genetics of humans and over the last 30 years since we or more since we figured out. And one of the things they brought up was um, goat spider, uh, goat spider milk, web milk or something. So anyway, so how about that tomahawk ribeye I bought today at Sam's Club? No, I thought it was full of crap. I Googled it while I was watching it and... <laughs> Get this, how they make a lot of Kevlar. I'm not making this up. They they've put the genetics. Do I of need spiders to, Do I need them. to mute you, Sam? <laughs> I think you do. Or is Sam mic number three? Yes, yeah, Sam's mic number three. So how about that cowboy <laughs> ribeye today? So, 
<laughs> I can't wait to cook that cowboy ribeye. Well, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Sam and Sam has been muted. <laughs> I have control of all of it. All of this. Did, did you hear me? Dave? Um, and not boil the cowboy ribeye. It is. So uh, I looked at that cowboy ribeye. <clears throat> I, I, so you sensed the the picture of it. And uh, I zoomed in on the picture. It was three plus pounds. Three point six eight pounds. Yeah, that's a big steak. Yes. But then I also looked at the uh, expiration date on it. It's in the freezer, bitch. Okay, that's what I was going. So your 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 Facebook post said, "Can't wait until the weather is good enough to smoke this or something." And I remember looking at Megan. I showed it to Megan, and I said. I hope he realizes that the weather's not changing in the next week. Because <laughs> he needs to freeze that thing. So no, Joe, Joe was talking about this cowboy ribeye. And I said, I got a cowboy ribeye, you know, uh, tomahawk ribeye story to tell you. This summer, I splurged and bought like a $25, $30, whatever. It was right around there, uh, tomahawk ribeye. And I had it in the fridge. Was Couldn't wait to cook it. Like two days later, I had plans to cook it, and Ying and I were going to eat on it. I came home that day, and she had she literally when I came, it, she was boiling it. And I said, I, <laughs> Sam, Sam cried a little bit. I was like, uh, boiling it. Like I, who boils a steak? I, I, Isn't it like the sous vide? Yes, it is uh, actually technique, I, whatever. I, like, I know who does that. I'm not going to dime him out, even though he'll never listen to it. But he and I talk, and I call him a sissy all the time. Who Ben? No, his uh, his name's Doctor Hackman. Does he boil steaks? Yes. So anyway, she, she did. She boiled the tomahawk steak, and so they use this silk from the goats. <laughs> <laughs> Almost choked on boiling hot <laughs> Keurig coffee. It's not silk; it's spider webs, and it's true. I googled it. Isn't spider webs silk, Sam? No, they use it to make um, Kevlar and netting. So, like, <laughs> did you yeah, hear that noise? I need. Anyway, I, I'm supposed to be able to listen to these myself. Uh, I, yeah, well, I need, you need to, to figure play with this, this soundboard a little Yet bit again, more I can hear them right. better than I can hear my own voice, which I worries I me a little bit. Hear it. So okay, uh, so um, I'm, let me ask you. So, so I'm uh, so I'm wrong. Um, okay, whatever. What's the, I, what is the longest recorded podcast you've published so far, and who is it with? I mean, we're close to it now. We're at a minute or a, a minute, an no. hour forty nine. Aaron, Aaron was the longest one. Aaron Moore, his was like two plus hours. Was ours, close to three. Twenty twenty one was long. No, it didn't touch Aaron's, though. Uh, and the one with Aaron Moore was close to three. Uh, the one that we recorded and decided to scrap that one was, was three long, plus. Yeah, that one hey, was when the, the When one. the world becomes better, we'll play it. No, we won't play that one. I, I've come I've come to grips with we're not playing that yeah. one. Uh, I mean, there's some, there well, was some and, badness and, with and, and, it. And that's what I'm saying. We, it, that one should not be played. I, I'm, as I said, I've I've come to grips with that. It should not be played. So, let's see. Aaron Moore was 173 minutes. Oh, that's shorter than I thought. So, that's so 120 minutes. Is, Sam Denning. So, that's two hours, 53 minutes. 
Uh, no, actually, uh, the year end with Sam Denning was uh, 182 minutes. That's oh. the longest one. Damn. I felt like we were there forever. I was now, hammered listen, when we left just, that. Just so you know, the shortest one is whiskey versus whiskey. Well, that was the one I just did in response to whoever's comment. That I don't. I still don't even know who that person was. I who who uh, was that? Was username was Wraith something? Isn't that your? Uh, isn't that your buddy from college? I believe it is. Actually, my only comment. What is this playing? Through? What is this noise? I'm, I'm deeply sorry. Oh. That. I, I, I I hit on the whiskey versus whiskey to see if it had who said it. But isn't Wraith? Wait, what buddy from college are you talking? About? See, you get good comments. Mine are mine is unfollowing the, you. Uh, the, <laughs> no, that's just our mother that not, said. That. One, don't want to waste my time. The one with that did comedy. The one that did comedy. You think that's Rob Rafferty? Yes. No, because instead of wraith, I think that's wrath one zero one three. Yeah, no, but his his name's R A F F, not no, R A T H. Right, but if, if you look if you look at when he talked about me, because I remember uh, you, you you told me you told me that he talked to you about the one that I did. And he said really did really good discussion in the tail end about human interaction. Yeah, I think that's Rob Rafferty. I want to have Rafferty on a podcast so badly uh, and not because he's involved in politics. Like, uh, and the thing is, he's told me he will not talk about politics and I respect that from him, but no Rafferty uh, (laughs) for as political as he is, Rafferty has gone in a totally different direction with his life. He's, uh he's a comedian he's a uh <clears throat> film producer um he's written for fuck's sake he's written a children's book most recently i didn't know that it's, no it, seriously I, I think it's about to be published like he had he's written a children's book and he's had someone illustrate it for him and then he's gone back to school like some online school i think uh, to get a master's in fine arts in uh, like writing and producing film, huh? But I, I honestly, I it's since since I've started uh, looking at the comments on yours, I've honestly thought that that was Rob. It could. I, I couldn't it, remember his I, exact be, name, yeah. but I uh, no, I um, I still haven't got to the bottom of that. I don't know who that is, <laughs> the wraith person. And since I so I <clears throat> I did that one episode. And they did respond like, thank you for, yeah. uh, thank you for discussing my, uh, comment or whatever, but I've heard nothing from that person since then, but no, I do, I do want to interview Rob Rafferty. I think it'd be a fascinating interview. Um, oh my gosh. So is this like a request to have him uh, reach out to you again? Nah. Well, it's not going to be him reaching out to me. Like I need, I just need to. I, like I always tell everyone, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I've got all these ideas. I've got all these contacts, and I've actually contacted these people. Uh, and they're, like they're all willing to do podcasts. Speaking of, it's um, just the issue is I is actually having finding time between 
the two of us to, or you know, to, or, or more of us to do the podcast. Speaking of, uh, I'll try to, um, since you're available anytime within the next two weeks. Yeah. I'm not working the next two weeks. I'm going to, I'll try to reach out to Joe. My next night off is, um, Sunday the 31st. So I actually have tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday off, mm-hmm. but my next night off would be a uh, Sunday the 31st. Yeah. And it appears from him, from talking to him, that he's fairly open. So I'll reach out to him. Yeah, too. but no. So if like, you're good for the 31st, I'll see if he is as well. No, if you look at my notebook uh, of all the people that I've penciled in, I want to talk to. Like so I've talked to Raf. Uh, I've talked to uh, this guy named Amiri, <laughs> who's a local surgeon, does woodworking. I want to talk to him about his woodworking. Uh, I've talked to our uh, stepbrother-in-law, Mark Haffertepen, and I do want to talk to him about, literally, about insurance and how Speaking COVID has inf- ha- how COVID has affected that. Because I'm sure COVID has infected insurance. It has. But speaking of have to tap it, yeah, have to tap it. Um, <laughs> I, I saw the other day on the Book of Faces that uh, he got to meet. Coach Huff. He met, he met Coach Huff. I don't know the setting. I need to talk to him about I that. I don't either. But however, I, I wanted to segue into that. I am very, very excited for Coach Huff. Yeah. I, so, like, uh, I liked Doc Holliday. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you can't like a coach that has uh, done well and gone to bowl games. Uh, I you, like can't, you mean you can't not like well, right, him? Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You can't not like him. <clears throat> however, I'm very excited for this program and I'm very excited for Coach Huff. Well, I just want to put that out there. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, people have to understand it about us. We've lived in Huntington our whole lives, essentially. Uh, and we're Marshall fans, I think, even through uh, through thick and thin, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I, I, like everyone else in this community, absolutely adored uh, Doc Holiday, Coach Holiday. Sad to see him go, uh, but I, you know, I look forward to the next chapter in this. And, and where did this dude come from? He came from Alabama. Alabama. Right? He yeah. was he was an associate head coach and running backs coach, and he's also. And I think the biggest thing that everybody needs to realize about him is he was the number one recruiter in the United States. Which when we hired Doc Holiday, Doc Holiday too was. Uh, one of the one of the number one recruiters in the nation as well. Holiday brought some good talent to Huntington. That's for certain. I mean, I don't think anyone can refute that. Yeah. Um, the only question was was it the correct talent? You know, I think right. some of those, unfortunately, some of those young men had some personal problems and some legal problems, um, but they were talent nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, and I've already seen some encouraging, uh, some encouraging, uh, recruits from, uh, from his coach Huff. Um, yeah. in looking just briefly from what I saw, uh, his coach Huff's contract is there's incentives for ticket sales and just listening <clears throat> to everything that he said, um, in, in all of his, um, press conferences and introduce and being introduced as the new head coach and everything. I'm, I'm very excited. I think he brings an excitement to Huntington and Marshall football 
that hasn't been here since Doc Holliday first got here as well. So I, I hope that that continues and he's young and he's vibrant. And I, I just, I really hope nothing but the best yeah, for well, him and Marshall. <clears throat> you know, this thing about, you know, tying someone's success to ticket sales is kind of perilous right now though well and, and that, with that's covid like well, and that's that's what he said you know if his, this uh, bullshit continues into the fall like how many people are you gonna bring in the stadium well no it, well they, and, and this it's not necessarily success with ticket sales yeah. it's, he's guaranteed x amount of money mm-hmm. but he can hit bonuses yeah in his contract but it, when in his introductory introductory press conference he said you know god willing hopefully covid's done by this fall and we can all get back out. And now, I'm telling you, I am hoping that COVID is gone 100%. And there's a, like, total resurgence uh, in interest in the Marshall football program. And, oh, and, and, that, and that we sell that fucking place out. Like, that's, that is my sincere hope. And I think it could happen. You know, so say all the COVID restrictions are lifted. You know, people are dying to go out and do something. Oh, yeah. Well, and and you, Marshall football was one of the premier things to do in this town. And I'll tell you what, Marshall basketball under mm-hmm. Coach D'Antoni, it has it has yeah. made a big, huge comeback. Like, hey, Marshall's got some really, not just in athletics either. They've got some great things going for them, honestly. No, I agree. And, uh, I, I mean, I would just like to see if COVID is lifted to see where these things could actually go. Yes. I actually, I've read, well, I didn't read, I'm sorry. I don't read many newspaper articles, <laughs> but, uh, I saw a headline that, uh, Marshall got a, uh, industrial composter. I saw that. Uh, apparently they're going to put it where the old baseball field was behind Walmart. Huh? And it's going to be run by the engineering department. And I'm actually, I mean, yet again, it's just, it's, and, and it's outside of the city. What do you compost with an industrial composter? That, that's what I'm not 100% sure of, to be honest with you. But like, I'm, it seems like, it, it seems like Marshall and the city of Huntington are trying their hardest to, to move forward because and that's that's one of my biggest complaints with the state of west virginia but even now i think we're still trying but there for a while it just seemed like you know hey if it wasn't coal west virginia wasn't doing it and it seems like we're trying to step outside of our comfort zone and try to bring things in like you've got elon musk with the hyperloop you've got marshall doing great things wvu doing great things so hopefully west virginia will we're we're trying to make it so we can with staying the times yeah without coal and that, that's the biggest thing for West Virginia is we, we need production jobs and we need technology jobs. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's a good topic to talk about, too. I'm sure, like, we could probably dedicate hours to this talk about, um, you know, natural resources in this state and uh, the jobs that it provides. You know, I I now have a very personal connection to um, to the natural resource jobs. You know, my father-in-law and brother-in-law both work under mine in the coal, uh, underground in the coal mines. I think that was only made possible with the Donald Trump administration. And, I, and I'm not going to bring politics into this, 
but that's a fact. Right. You know, their, their jobs were brought back. So, uh, you know, Brandon, uh, if I understand correctly, and I know he'll never listen to this, uh, but if I understand correctly, he did work underground initially and then his mine closed or his job dried up, whatever. And he worked construction and I believe he drove trucks for a while. And then as soon as the mines reopened in this state, he went, he back. went back underground because there was that much more money in it. Um, my father-in-law used to work underground. And uh, when that dried up, he went to work at the, the Toyota um, uh, engine plant in Buffalo, West Virginia. And as soon as the mining jobs came back for him, he went back. He went back underground because really? he made that much more money. Really? Like, and to me, that's crazy. I, you know, you would think that this, this job with his experience and his, his, you know, his level of expertise, you know, uh, he would get, you know, pretty high dollar working in a Toyota plant. But yeah, no, they, it, and they just even it was better for him to go back underground. Even insurance and everything, you would imagine that Toyota yeah. would have it better than um, a coal company. But no, it's uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you, every uh, every coal miner I've talked to, and I have to admit, like uh, my uh, my eyes have only been open to this since I've uh, been involved with Megan, right? Because prior to her, I've never known a single coal miner. Yeah, now I know a bunch of them. But anyways, they talk about how. The pay beats everything. Um, and to me, I think that's absolutely remarkable, you know, that that you can get paid such a high dollar for digging coal in the ground. But it's admittedly dangerous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. So I guess they're they're probably a little bit worried that. Well, of course they're shaking in their boots. Yeah. About uh, the recent a new administration, uh, the new administration, really. and you know so whatever's been signed into effect already. Mm. They're worried a lot. I mean they they saw coal disappear with uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. Right. Now, the crazy thing is it didn't really disappear. It just got brought here from another country. But I think, so going back to what, what Joe had said, like what else can West Virginia offer? Uh, I do firmly believe that West Virginia does need to separate itself from coal. I mean, I think they need to do something else to remain relevant. Uh, because even though we know that um, we've got coal to last for decades or even centuries here underground, we have to realize that 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 ain't going to last forever. You know, it's it's probably not economically uh, stable for, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. And what a... And you have to imagine what else can what else can West Virginia produce? 
I don't know the answer to that. Well, I I think we can produce, maybe not produce. I think the hyperlink coming here and a whole bunch of other things, like we've got stuff going for us, especially all of the mountains and everything. I mean, like, Joe, Joe Eddins and I were talking about it a little bit. I mean, granted, it's, it's like a hyperloop. Essentially, we'll just refer to it as a, a hyperloop maintenance garage, is I believe mm-hmm. essentially what Elon Musk is making it. Yeah. But even still, like, if you can jump on the hyperloop, we'll just say in Michigan or in New York City and say, hey, I want to go to West Virginia. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you come here, you jump on the Hyperloop, you go to West Virginia. It's in Tucker County. It's close enough to a whole bunch of ski resorts. It's whole bunch, close enough to a whole bunch of... You can come to West Virginia and go skiing for the day. Jump back on the Hyperloop and go back to fucking New York City. True, yeah. I mean, so hey, I, I think we have, to, we have to play into what we have. So we and do have some tourism. We, we have tourism. I, I think with, you know, the, the river and the rails, uh, mainly in Huntington on it. I mean, it, it, everybody else has it, but river and rails. Like, I, I think I think we really need to play into those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so uh, tourism, I think, could be huge I, I, in the state. I think that's, that's the main thing we need to harp on is tourism to begin with mm-hmm. while we refine other things that we can either manufacture or produce. Yeah. But I do think that we need to start producing, manufacturing, whichever. I think that, uh, honestly, if, if we can upgrade our broadband in West Virginia throughout the, throughout the state with, with the pandemic and people learning, they can work from home. I think West Virginia could become a very attractive destination for people to move to. Yeah. So if you have, widespread availability of broadband internet access, then there is no area of this state that uh, is inaccessible. Correct. And it, but they, that's, that's step number one is you, you, you got to get the broadband mm-hmm. to, to everywhere. Yeah. And but they, they, uh, and that's going to take an investment from someone, whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, Comcast, the federal government, some other mom and pop, but I know that a local company, I can't remember the name of them right now, but a local company, they're doing big things in Huntington Mm -hmm. running the fiber. Yeah. So I, uh, I looked at this website, man. I wish I had the reference for it and I'm, I'm not going to look it up right now because I'll probably never find it. But, uh, the, the article was, um, the, uh, the, the, the actual user map, uh, data of, of, broadband availability in this state versus the company's map of broadband availability. And the user's map showed like literally half as much availability as the company's map showed. So I believe it. No. So, and this is fact. I'm, I'm not making this up. And like I said, I wish I had the reference, but so what that said to all of us is that like, even though the, even though, whoever the provider is frontier or sprint or Comcast or whatever, even though they say that the, the shit's available statewide, it's not, Right. it's truly, it's truly not. And, uh, you know, like, and the thing is, I, I, I don't even know what, 
what was the the survey like do you do you have access to broadband or is your broadband good right or what so like you know if they surveyed me if they said do you have access to broadband i'd say yes i have broadband is it good is it good no it fucking sucks yeah like today when i wanted to watch this movie on my computer this run hide fight movie uh i couldn't stream it over my broadband internet internet access at home i had to attach to my cell phone as a wireless hotspot in order to watch it and this is the truth and uh in fact sam heard me say this with the last podcast that we did i could not upload the podcast on my home broadband i remember you saying i had to connect my fucking computer to as a wireless hotspot to my phone yeah in order to upload it it's bullshit yeah that's absolutely bullshit yeah uh and you know and i pay i think 60 dollars a month for my broadband yeah and and that's what i'm saying I, i think that that's that's step number one yeah but i think west virginia can be very attractive to several different people now that they know and even a lot of companies are doing it it's like hey you can work from home covid covid has showed us this you can work from home once a month, once a quarter, we're all going to meet in New York City or Seattle, Washington or whatever and have like a quarterly meeting. Uh-huh. And then you can go back home and work from home again. Yeah. Or, you know, I would say that I mean, I I hate on one hand I hate to say this, uh but on the other hand like it's is reality like there's all this land available here. Well, no, it, and, and that's what I mean. It, you've got all this land available. It, yeah. People people can do things, and it, we don't necessarily have to mine coal or have to get natural gas. I mean, West Virginia is prime. Yeah, We just have to find what our new niche is. But mm-hmm. I, I do agree that it, regardless of, of who's sitting in the big chair, regardless of who's sitting there, we need to redefine ourselves. Yeah. I would focus on tourism. It would, like, and that's that's honestly, I mean, that's I I would want to see that explode. I mean, I know like we already have a fair amount of it. You know, people are wanting to come for uh, whitewater rafting. Uh, when even the uh, the Boy Scout uh, that camp, you know, that's, I mean, that, that's that can pretty be big. I think everything. I think some people want to come for hunting, whatever. But like, I think I would lift everything. I would say I would open up hunting like you know so we've just introduced elk into this state yeah like i would take that and say you know let people come in and hunt elk you know from out of state um let people hunt deer from out of state hogs turkey you know whatever from out of state like i would pitch that i'm i seriously would pinch it would pitch the 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 hunting aspect the wild game aspect you guys remember um open up all the whatever resorts uh, well, remember they we were going to open them they had that like, huge proposal several years back for building the lodge over a beach fork. It's it's a yeah. proposal. It's a proposal, honestly, almost every year in the natural yeah. le- or in the uh, state legislature. I don't yeah. get why they don't pull the trigger. I know it's a lot of money, but the amount of money that it's we- it's a lot of money. But the the problem is is not not to they they just they don't see beach fork necessarily as the tourist destination as like a Stonewall Jackson, a pipe stem. 
But it, it, yeah, these, but you have to ask yourself. Uh, you have to ask yourself why. Well, like, well, why well, is well, it that, not a destination? There's nothing there. Yeah, they don't have well, anything. that's what I'm saying. It, it can be as much as a destination because, yeah, you know, especially you've, you know, what once a year you've got a big sternwheeler coming in and giving tours of Huntington. You've got Heritage Farm down here. I mean, you you've got things. You just you have to learn how to essentially promote this portion of west virginia yeah right i absolutely um and you know another thing to look at is uh all these railroad excursions yeah you know that i think really are only locally recognized yeah and i think but those could bring people in and from from other countries, COVID or decimated other, them. Other states, I mean, yeah. in other countries, and COVID decimated them. No, totally. But you have the New River train. Uh, that's probably like the biggest one. But you have all these excursions that go out of Elkins. Yeah. You know, they go like or Cass or you know whatever. What even? Uh, um, they just extended the Hatfield McCoy Trail. I mean, it, oh, Hatfield McCoy Trail system is absolutely fucking amazing it now. is i remember i mean you, it's been years but well, you and it, i went out on it a couple of it times. used to be you could only ride a four-wheeler or a motorcycle on it now you can take a jeep on it yeah uh, and that, that's what I'm they saying. have they, all these campsites and everything they spent it's, so long trying to trying to build up the ski the whitewater rafting this this and this the, i mean they, all that stuff is great mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong people love it but now we need to start moving south, like yeah. towards Huntington, and even even north up towards Morgantown. I mean, Morgantown's got WVU; it's got stuff to do up there. But yeah. it, it expand through the entire state, not well, just the whitewater rafting and the skiing and things like that. Yeah. So it's always like I want to compare this. See, here's how I see it. I, um, and I. So I have lived outside of Huntington. Right. I think. Neither of you two here. Well, so Sam's lived down in Blacksburg, Virginia. Right. But what the I fuck? What the fuck other. is ever going on down in Blacksburg? I haven't lived no, anywhere other football. than Four Four Road. But so, let, road but, so let me put this in perspective. So <laughs> when I when I lived uh, in Pittsburgh, you know, I the like the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, there's always something to do. Yeah, yeah. I can go to a Steelers game. I can go to a uh, Pirates game. I can go to a Penguins hockey game. I can go to uh, you know this concert venue that's got anyone you want to see coming in. You know, oh yeah, three or four times a week. Um, I can go eat at any number of awesome restaurants downtown. I can go see you know theater like you know like a opera theater, yeah. uh, orchestra theater, you know uh, whatever. Arts, sports, food, uh, university, whatever. I come back to Huntington and um, everyone says, oh my God, there's nothing to do here. Thing is, if you dig deep enough, there, so there's sports. Yeah. There's arts. Yeah. Uh, there's food. Right? Yeah. So we, we've got food, some phenomenal food, food places here. Food is, food is struggling right now and they need our support. We got uh, recreation, you know, coming out of our ears. So I, I would say, you know, being a Huntingtonian and, and I know what's here, I know what's in the region. I would say 
on the surface, you might say there's nothing to do here, but if you know where to look and you know where to dig, we actually have a boatload of stuff to do here. We do. I, I think I think the biggest problem, honestly, is to the layperson, if you will, I think a lot of that stuff is is difficult. Because the martial artist series, which brings the arts, and granted, we've we've got other art stuff here as well, but you got the symphony orchestra stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the martial artist series, it appears to me. I mean, I've been to several of them thanks to our father and some other people. But it seems like they're not selective, but there's not many shows. Like you go up to Columbus per se, and they got. They have Hamilton. Yeah, they've got a larger variety and more dates. Yeah. Well, but I would just say, here's how I would put it. Yeah, so what you're telling me is if you go to a bigger city, there's bigger cities. And and, and I won't argue with that. But my, my argument to someone who says there's nothing to do here. I'd say no. You're wrong. No, no. They, there's plenty of stuff to do here. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I I totally agree with you on that. But yeah, from the you, from you don't have the freaking Broadway shows. I mean, I'll admit that. But you do have this, like you said, the martial artist series, which is uh, in like the the fall slash winter season, yeah. and it's uh, weekly almost. And you know they're gonna have some some good acts. You know some some nationally recognizable acts. They're going to have just some regionally recognizable acts. They, or they may have some acts you've never heard of. Yeah, and I've, but, I've enjoyed every act I've gone to with the martial arts series, to be honest But it's uh, a consumable product. Yeah. And the Symphony, Huntington Symphony the Orchestra, Huntington Symphony they're Orchestra. phenomenal. Yeah. And they're going to play in the, the winter. Yeah. Well, they're it, gonna, it, and they're going to play in the summertime. You know, I, I don't know. You look at it. We have the Riverfront that hosts a lot of stuff. You know, the, anything from uh, the Huntington Symphony Orchestra with the, you know, that that summer concert series. What is that called? A picnic with picnic the pops. with the pops, and then they've got rails and ales, which they've is they've got phenomenal. rails and ales. They, they also have uh, you know what it is because you've competed in it. What's the Winter Ales Festival? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, what well, the thing I competed in? They shut down, but. Um, there is a winter ales thing festival they have down there. I think they've had for the last year or so. But no, even in the summertime, they they brought back the regatta in some form. Yeah, and then they, every Thursday night, races. every Thursday night, Pullman Square is a venue with the uh, Dutch Miller uh, Auto Series uh, concert. Um, Throw you know, you got Dutch Miller. If you look mm-hmm. at all of Marshall sports, you got football, basketball, baseball. And I'm excited that about that big. new baseball stadium as well. Yeah, that's that's going to be bring, that's going to bring um, big things. No, I mean there's there's a lot of stuff going on here. I think it, I, there really is, and and you know it, it, some people may not if you like him, at, but I think Steve Williams. I honestly think that he's taken the city in the right direction. Uh, he, he hasn't taken it backwards. I'll give him that. He he's trying to, uh, and he, it's the the baseball. I thought the baseball stadium was going to be a little bit different than what it was. I thought the baseball stadium was going to be like Huntington's first co-venture with Marshall University. And then what happened was the city of Huntington, through the Huntington Municipal Development Authority, bought the property and then sold the property to the bay, or to the university, where I well, thought the, it was going to be a joint venture. The problem with that property, you realize, is that it's toxic. 
Yes. Yes. Not that's as, the, not as toxic as the BASF lot, but the no, actual that, lot or the ACF. Uh, lot. But that's, I think that's going to be the holdup with the development of that. If you read, if you read the uh, Herald Dispatch article that has been four or five months ago, the holdup for the baseball stadium isn't necessarily the toxicity in the uh, ground; it's rerunning the sewage lines for the locker room. Mm. Because mm. isn't isn't that uh, ACF? Oh, Sam's a, still here. Uh, yeah, it, Sam's uh, awake. Holy shit! Yeah, it's like um, an EPA site. Like, what do they call those? Uh, brownfield. A, a brownfield. Brownfield. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think the parking lot. It's still a brownfield, but it's not as bad as BASF, which is on the southern part, and ACNF. Yeah, because what do they? Part. I mean, what do they have to do? They have to like dig all the soil, keep testing it and testing it until mm-hmm. it's not. And then I mean, something you, like that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's from from what from what I read on Herald Dispatch. Now, granted, this is five six months ago, shortly after uh, the Huntington Municipal Development Authority sold it to Marshall. Is the biggest expense because they bid it out for the baseball stadium. The business, the biggest expense was moving sewage lines for the locker rooms for that baseball field. Huh. Jesus. Well, now I believe that as an expense, but I thought that um, they couldn't really even develop much there because because of the potential well, soil and, I, and ground toxicity. I think that's why they picked that site is because it was the parking lot. I think that's why that site was picked over the other two because they didn't have to do as much with that site. Oh, God. Uh, guys, don't kill me. I may have to duck out of this convo because I, I need to get home. Um, Stop it's it. only it's midnight 15. Awful. It's only midnight 15. I know, but I mean, I've got... Uh, <laughs> There's some in you that guys drawer. obviously uh, keep talking. I'm just, uh, you know... Anything smaller? Well, that's what For I'm those, saying. No, uh, this, the drawer uh, above that. Sam's going to duck out. No, you're not. Sam Denning, peace out. Sam, don't... What? No, no, uh-uh. I'm not going to allow you to do that, Sam. Uh, we'll probably draw this to a close anyways, and maybe I'll just smoke a cigar with Joe. Well, I don't want you guys to have to do it, but I do need to get out of here. Well, no, we're probably done anyways. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, think, I think this is pretty much running a score, so if you want to hang tight while uh, Dave and I uh, smoke another cigar. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for any listeners out there, anyone who's tuned in, uh, we anyone certainly appreciate your listenership and for putting up with the uh, – my bullshit on the switchboard tonight. <laughs> Anybody out there it's on those been 40 channels confusing. out there listening? Yeah, anyone on the 40 channels on the CB? Uh, bragger, bragger, one Yeah, nine. but this has been uh, the Borderlands podcast with your host, Denrock. Guests, Joe and Sam Denning. Hey. Um, hope you guys enjoy this. Um, I do want to put a pitch out there for Brother Sam's podcast uh, called The Rift. Yeah, sorry, I haven't been producing uh, for a while. I'm uh, no, going to get back on it. Stop it. He's got a good product. He just hasn't put an episode out for a while. I encourage you to listen. Um, uh, news for the Borderlands is we are available on all platforms now, and I'll be announcing this on the Facebook post. Uh, 
But everyone, um, uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye.